Bachelor of Hearts is podcasts. The Bachelor is Australia's podcasts that ask the questions. So, did they order new glassware, but it just didn't arrive until now? <laughs> like, why? It's episode. It's episode nine that we just episode watched. Episode nine is the point at which we realize that Jed has never seen a glass before in his life. Wait, is that true too? No, no. What are you talking about? He is like, this is the most fascinating glass that I've ever seen. Well, it is. I mean, I would be surprised too if I had been, you know, trucking along at normal speed using my clear, transparent, perfectly regular, same as they have at the Pink Flamingo glasses. And right. then suddenly out of nowhere, this one's got a little zigzag colored line Yeah, at what's the going on with that? It's bizarre. It looks frosted. Shouldn't be allowed. No, I, I, I'm standing against it. Listener, what's up? My name is Max Quinn. They are Xavier RN. We are recording on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi and what's up if you are a First Nations Australian listener to the BOH pod. It is your friends Max and Xavier. We are here to recap episodes 8 and 9 of season 10. I love it when we get chronological of The Bachelors Australia. The Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook is where you can join us to talk about the show. We are recording straight after episode nine has aired because the show is torturing us. That's right. Xavier, welcome to finale week. How did you feel about these episodes? Uh, hello. Thank you for the wonderful welcome and the very prepared and logically thought out introduction to the podcast. Uh, how do I feel about these episodes? Mostly okay. Kind of strange. Mm. But, you know, that's what I say every week, isn't it? Every, every well, every 15 minutes when we put out another podcast. Every right? 15 minutes we put out a new podcast. And listener, let me tell you, on this episode, brace your butt. This is what I've written. Not what brace your butt, as it turns out. Oh, it's You're going to brace your butt for a bizarre return from series villain Tash Candice. Oh, yeah. So this is, we have to pre-sell on this. Because oh, yeah. this is... Everything that we'll be talking about it's this episode. huge. Tash Candice is back. Brace yourself, because Tash is back. And then we barely even need to talk about anything else that Nothing happens, because that's else. really going to monopolize the whole discussion, I you think. You know what? A shock departure from a frontrunner to be discussed in short order. But first, Xavi, let's, before we get into our episode recaps, start with what's going on around this great Bachelor Nation of ours with a Batch World Catch-Up. You know, news... Yeah, hot off the presses. Deep, 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 deep. What is that noise, actually? Do we uh, know? It's very hard to say. I think it's a telegram, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Newswire. The year is 2023. <laughs> Getting a bit too jolly, even though both of my stories this week are quite sad. Oh, so, no. Um, speaking of things, we're bracing ourselves for these two. Uh, first and foremost, Holly Langford and Amelia Rubio. Uh, two contestants who met on Brooks' season of The Bachelorette in 2021. Oh, yeah. And soon after announced that they were dating, have publicly announced that they are no longer together. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Um, in a post uh, shared to both of their Instagram stories on Sunday, Holly added, quote, there are private reasons why, which we won't be going into detail on. Right. And we appreciate the respect of our boundaries with this. To those who have already reached out, I love you. I'm so grateful for you all. And uh, that's that's the whole story, really. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's sad to see them go. Obviously, one of the more prominent, like, queer couples from the world of The Bachelor. Mm around the globe you know it's not a common thing truly um but you know we we wish them both nothing but the best and uh hope that they're handling the breakup well fingers crossed yeah uh second story this week it gets sadder oh mm-hmm. uh megan marx oh moxie yeah a memorable fixture from richie Strawn's season of the bachelor from bachelor in paradise australia the challenge australia exactly more recently she's also written a book that's kind oh, of yeah, somewhat it's about marx or something like that <laughs> marxism it's called episode eight ah yeah um yeah, she's working on a, a follow-up called Das Kapital. Uh, she has been diagnosed with a rare degenerative neurological disease called spinocerebellar ataxia. That's not great. Uh, also known as SCA6. Oh. In an Instagram post on Sunday, Megan shared that she is remaining optimistic and grateful for her physical body in its present state. Quote, before neurological degeneration attempts to take some of them from me, uh, SCA6, from my very limited research, affects around one in 100,000 people. Oh, jeez. It's not fatal, but it has some quite serious symptoms, which slowly progress with time, uh, and it is not curable. Um, but in this post, she said, many have worse diagnoses um, and said, just some processing to do, lots of living to do. Uh, really this is brutal. I uh, took the wrong tone as we were. Co- oh, Moxie, <laughs> no, what's no, she up I to? I did the same. I know. Yeah. Uh, we can. Uh, we can only hope the best for Megan. Yeah, for um, sure. That sucks. Dealing with this news and and managing her symptoms and her life going forward. Okay. Look. Yeah. Um. It is time for the third. F- you know. Oh, this is great because this is in the batch podcast. This is a real chance for uh, for both of us, and particularly for you. Yeah. Um, something we've been doing the last few uh, episodes is giving this third slot over to Max Quinn, who yeah. just has an, an a knack for finding the stories that I miss throughout the week. You yeah, know, all the things that matter. I don't know. I've got my blinkers on. Maybe I'm I'm too buried in the notes. I'm looking at my grids and stats and stuff, and mm-hmm. I miss some of the stuff that, as you said, just really does matter. You know, some the of the stuff things that, that are really important. And this week, what I found, uh, in fact, we're doing two episodes of the week. Who who are we kidding? I know. Right? I don't know how to talk about any of this. Okay, so here's what I found. Yes, Tim Hanley had six kebabs for lunch today. Holy moly! Okay, and then a bowl of what I think is like, what do you call that pasta with like? bacon bits in it and mush carbonara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's had six chicken kebabs. When we're saying kebabs, are you talking about like skewers or are you talking skewers. about like... Oh, Shish okay, kebabs. right. Right, 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 right. Because I was picturing like six, uh, you know, in a like rolled up lettuce, yeah, yeah, tomato, yeah. tabbouleh. Do you want garlic sauce with that? Yeah, exactly. Can, yeah. By the way, just um, not that this story is not, you know, interesting and worth I discussing going. and going to chew up, you mm. know, as much of area time as anything else today. Mm. What's your kebab shop order? Oh, I Let's will go say you've a, had you've mm-hmm. had a big night. 
You recorded okay. a big podcast. We had some beers, you know. We are on the way home. I am going to order a either a chicken or a falafel kebab. Yeah, yeah. And I would. I'm like going to allow for that on my one as well because it's based on the day. It could be either. Could be either. Yeah. Um, and I would like almost everything on it. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Just give me, give me tabbouleh. <laughs> no matter what they have, give you'll me take cheese. It. Yeah. Give me all of your lettuces. Some of the places do like a purple cabbage kind of situation. Lettuces? Oh, I like a. Pickle cabbage, yeah. Yeah, give me a pickle cabbage, give me tomato, I will take it. If you've yeah. got it, I will have it. I also am tricking myself into thinking that's vegetables. And now it's a salad. Yes. Yes. And sauce wise? Garlic and sweet chili. Oh, interesting. Okay. We're similar. Okay. I noticed you haven't asked me, but I'm going to tell you. Anyway. I'm ready for it. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's yes, it's either chicken or falafel. Mm. It's not everything, but I am thinking. I I love love your line of thinking. I don't want to add cheese. Is my thing. Oh, give me as much cheese as you can. No cheese for me, please. What's wrong with you? Uh, no cheese, please. That's my that's my motto. I'm right. not a huge cheese head, to be honest. Oh, generally speaking, this there's is a time differ. and a place for cheese, but I don't need it there. Um, but I will take definitely anything pickled they've got. Uh-huh. I'll take lettuce, tomato, onion. I'll take tabbouleh for sure, especially if it doesn't look too dry. Tabool. you got to um, have an oily tabbouleh. Yeah, I just want, you know, fresh sort of uh, zesty, even if it's a lot of lemon in there. Just... Look, who's going to zest my tabbouleh? You know, I often think about this. I, well, I bet it won't taste the same. Right. You know, um, but beyond that, I'm also going definitely. Lemon. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going garlic sauce. Yeah. And I'm going hot chili. Love that. And if they're scraping a little hummus around, you know, I'm not going to turn oh, it down. Oh, if there's hummus, I'm just... Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we stopped down on that. Um, and I'm happy for Tim Hanley. Do we have any intel on his particular... Oh, no, these are skewers. Yeah, so these are skewers that he's had. I'm showing yes. you the picture now. Pure... How appetizing does this look? <laughs> it's not... I mean, you know... I actually... There was a time in the lifespan of this podcast yeah. where I was collecting shit food that Bachelor people were posting on their Instagrams. That's correct, yeah. Which maybe I should dig back through my um, my photos archive and reshare some of those. This um, is a shocker. Yeah, this is really up there. I'd like you to airdrop that to me if you can. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm taking a screenshot right now. Fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, oh, that's interesting. You didn't... So when you say you're taking a screenshot now, this isn't something that you, like, prepared earlier. That's sort of an insight into your news gathering. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to... Uh, I don't. I don't want to learn too much. How you make the magic happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's all about how the sausage and or shish kebab is made. Uh, with that out of the way, um, we have got a lot to talk about with Let's these two dive episodes. In. I'm so ready. So we're going to start with the first one, and this is the one that aired uh, 24 hours ago. So we have had Christ. some chance to dis- to uh, stew on it. Let me say to you. I was drunk and I was making dinner. I don't remember this episode. Okay, great. Well, that could be actually, you know, because I, I would hope yep. for our listeners' sake that they had that good of a night as well. Yeah. And that the uh, the the detrimental impact of The Bachelor did not affect them. Okay. And so I can do my work in presenting to them the, uh, you know, the best version well, of the Well, what's the case version. study? Um, what do you mean exactly? Well, this is season... Oh, I understand. We just need to know what the uh, what the how to how to refer to what happened here. Well, this is of course the Bachelor Australia season ten, episode eight, which aired Sunday, the twenty second of January. And after a well padded intro featuring all of the classic hits of Tash, right, where like the members of Air Supply pop up and <laughs> they, they talk us through all her great moments, and like a list of them is scrolling up the screen, mm, and like mm. every so often one of them is in yellow font and they play a little clip from it, right, you know, and they're going like, sing us a song, yell the piano, Tash, <laughs> sing us a song, we were singing, my, my, Miss Tash, if you like pina colada, you know, like. Like it's like, <laughs> uh, t- 
Tash ITMs. I found myself missing Jed when I was at home, so I'm here to get him back. Mm. I think I was always the favorite, and yes, I think I am ready to claim that title back. And we see the fellas do their little surprised routine again as she rocks up to the batch pad unannounced. Um, this time, because we saw it at the end of the previous episode. Mm. This time, though, they've cranked up the sound effects even more. And there's all these, like, I noticed there's, like, three different, like, creaky door sound effects. Of, right. Like, um, and, like, thudding drums and, like, dun dun dun, dun you know. Um, Tash takes Jed aside for a chat and says, When I was back home, I instantly regretted my decision. I missed you, and I found myself thinking about you. I literally was sick, and I needed to be back here. Can we talk about how Tash just torpedoed the Bachelor careers of Marjorie and AJ? Oh, yeah. CJ? Uh, CJ, yeah. C- but the gracious. fact that we on this podcast don't remember is... Uh, she was not relevant. Yeah. But incredible that she was like, we're walking out in solidarity. Right. And then she's come back and she's like, who cares about them? Because, like, they had that the, they had an emerging, like, uh, both of them, I think, had a minion sort of storyline, which is a, an archetype. You know, that's something that Definitely pops up is. year after year. And that can be an incredible thing. Not that we live in this era anymore, but that can be an incredible thing leading into something like Bachelor in Paradise. And she took them away from Thomas as well. Yeah, yeah. That's the wild bit for me where she was like, do you know what? They in weren't even in protest of Jasmine leaving Jed to go to Thomas. Yeah. I'm taking two of Thomas's potential bachelorettes away. Right. Yeah. Bizarre. I don't know how that conversation went down. I mean, obviously Tash is uh radiant with um power and mm. authority and mm-hmm. I I guess those two got caught in the orbit. It kind of could have been anybody. Uh, look, she should marry a cop. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, I kind of I kind of get what you mean. I can't necessarily explain it, but I get the vibe. Uh, no one should marry a cop. Cops should all <laughs> fuck off and die. Um, any cops listening, delete this podcast. Go away. We hate you. <laughs> Max is feeling concerned about our listener base, but you know, we've got we got cops to spare. <laughs> what's up? What's up to our uh, cop audience? <laughs> um, me never committed a crime. Wow. Except for the Except for tonight, one's about to happen. Handful I have been arrested for. Oh. Let's continue. Okay, no further questions, Your Honor. Uh, Jed puts on a very grumpy face. Yeah, he's very grumpy. He says, "Do you want to be back because you miss me and and like continue this or just continue everything?" He wants to be on the TV, is what he's asking. Exactly right. We can sort of tra- run this through the translator. Yeah, um, because I'm still here for a really serious reason. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And so we're going to run a bunch of things through the Google to Bachelor translator throughout the duration of this episode. Yeah. This is the first one. What he means is, do you just want to come back to be on TV again? Yeah, and essentially what he means is, I can tell that you just want to come back to be on TV again, you know? Uh, but he's also saying, like, I need people to believe that I, my, I'm really invested in this. Right, and, you know, right. Is... I'm not a puppet of Channel 10. I'm a real boy. Exactly, right. Uh, it's a very funny scene, I think. Um, you know, as as somebody who loves movies, I have a huge respect for the acting that's on display it's here. It's really, really well done. Um, Send this to Sundance, which yeah. I believe is something to do with movies. It's a film festival, yeah. Right. Absolutely. What about Khan? Imagine if this got the palm door at Khan. Yeah. Max is imagining it, and just the things he's imagining right now are just wild. Cannes, I think it's called. Cannes Film yeah. Festival, yeah. They have it near the zoo. Is there a zoo there? Uh, who can say? It's close to the Dane Tree. We love it. Yeah. Jed stretches this decision out like crazy, mm. um, as if admitting 
that this episode could use a little padding. A little pad. Yep. Uh, he's really pretending to be like strongly emotionally affected by the fact that Tash is back. And he's like, we did have so many special moments together. We did like pina coladas. And, I'm you know. shaking my head. Uh, but then he ducks out to check in with the brains trust of Thomas and Felix. Which this is so funny. I'm this so is my sorry. favorite that's, thing. That's all you have to go to right now. Um, and they warn him against taking Tash back. Um, there's a great shot where Jed does the home alone hands on the side of his face, like Macaulay Culkin. And he goes, but I'm struggling. Oh my God. This boy. Yeah. So Jed. Boy is the word that I've chosen and it feels appropriate. It does a bit. Yeah. Um, Jed rejoins Tash and tells her that since she left, the other women have all been getting along much better. <laughs> Except maybe Crystal and Tilly, because that felt like that was very important an episode ago. Yeah. Except um, for, like, I think maybe does he mean his girls? I guess that's probably it. Yeah. Um, Tash says she will, quote, mellow down on the confidence. Would we like to run that through the, the translator as well? I think that what Tash is saying is, like, I promise to try not to be as big of a bitch. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pretend I'm not, well, no, I'm going to pretend less that I am a villain. Yes. And you might even see some glimmer of the real me. Exactly. And Jed is, uh, that's not quite enough for him, you know? Um, uh, Felix and Thomas are like lingering in the background uncomfortably here, Mm. resulting in some very fun, like Felix is making a lot of like, as Tash is sort of pleading her case, Felix is doing these big comedy double takes oh, so to let you know in a very subtle, nuanced way that <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be taking Tash 100% at her word. Right. He's like, she said what? <laughs> like, it's really... It's really like I am expecting a laugh track. Right, 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 right. Uh, Jed steps away again and we see him in conversation with a producer this time. And Jess, I'm sorry, Jed tells this producer, she's nice, she's beautiful, it's fucked. I don't fucking know. No, she's not. Yeah, I don't know. She's not nice. Nice wouldn't be the one I'd lead with. No. Um, The producer says, it's up to you, man. You've got this. She's nice to you, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got my suspicions about this. Um, I reckon there are actual producers who have told Jed what to do. Yes. As well as told Tash what to do. Oh, sorry. And who are orchestrating this whole... Is that a perpendicular? What's the, what, what? What's a per, what? Do we hit a sharp ninety degree angle? Oh, do you think we might be, uh, yeah, sort of um, going from a parallel type of situation into sort of veering off into, you know, some sort of turning conspiracy you know. corner? Is that? Yeah, is that I, I guess you could say it's something it? of a. Yeah, I guess it's fair enough to maybe label it in such a way. Yeah, is I, it a cul-de-sac? Who can say? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, I think this this person that gets labeled as a producer mm. in the uh, subtitles. Mm. Um, which, I don't know, they might be. They probably work on the show I in some capacity. I producer. Yeah. But I think that person is there just to heighten the tension of the scene, make it seem like Jed has some agency, because I feel like the decision is not really with him. I think that's interesting. I think that that's definitely Jed's minder, and whether Jed knows it or not, I think the decision is not with him. Right. Uh, anyway, he goes back to Tash and says, my heart and my head is at full capacity right now. Christ. I love to hear... My heart and my head is at full capacity right now because it's somebody admitting they are as smart as they will ever be in a sentence that is not grammatically <laughs> correct. <laughs> I don't like to just police people's grammar on here, but it's, you know, you can't, you can't resist sometimes. That, uh, every so often. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in terms of where I'm heading and where I'm going, I can't continue. Very vague sentence, but uh, Tash... He's trying his hardest. Yes. This poor little Bambi of a boy is standing on his hind legs for the first time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and Tash asks if he's sure if she can say or do anything to change his mind. Can she stay for a while and prove herself? Yeah, pretty pleased with a cherry on top, right. etc. She's doing the right stuff. Yeah, of course. She's spun him in circles. Yeah. She's eaten this little boy alive for a long time. Yeah. And Jed says, I'm sorry, it was there, but I can't. And so they hug and Tash walks off. The other two bachelors like awkwardly stare at their shoes as she's walking out. They're like, (coughs) goodbye. Okay, bye. Um, In ITM, Jed says, I've spent my whole life giving my ex-partners chance after chance and being a people pleaser. I always try and see the best in people. And Felix and Thomas comfort him as he talks about how he's been walked all over in the past and needs to have some respect for himself. And I feel like this entire situation is quite contrived, but I found this moment surprisingly effective. I think that this is effective, and I think that it is also like a bit of a, well, if you'll pardon the pun, a come to Jesus. Oh, yeah. For Jed, for me. Yes, okay. Talk to me about that. I don't think Jed is altogether that self-aware, but I do think Jed is extremely genuine. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's where I've come to with this, whereas in the past... and It's funny because there are layers of artifice with Jed. And the the layers of artifice are so easy to make fun of. Right. right? One of the things that I think about is that we talked about how he had talked about being bullied, how um, people had made fun of him or bashed him for painting his nails, etc. Country kid. Country kid. Not the biggest social group growing up, I'm guessing. Someone had talked to me today, my friend Tommy was like, yeah, but suffering isn't relative. Mm. And I thought that's a fascinating point when it comes to Jed, right? Because his experience, as compared to the experience of others, where, like, this is trivial. But oh, but you mean suffering is relative, right? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes. sorry. Yes. You did no, 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 no. I think I mean it this time. Okay. So, hang on. He, uh, okay. I think that we've misunderstood each other. Okay, okay. So, okay, okay sorry. Okay. Um, he said that suffering isn't relative. And what I'm, I have taken from that is that your suffering, based on your experience and your threshold for what trauma or suffering might look like, might be different to mine, but they can be felt the same way. Go on. So, for example, right, Jed's suffering, Jed's being beat up, is something that he experiences as, like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened, like, I really feel bad about all of this stuff that's happened Mm. to me. And you and I have sat here on the podcast and gone, like, yes, but... Think about, you know, your ultimate privilege as a white dude. Right. We, we made a comparison between him and Brooke Burton. Growing up as like a queer indigenous kid or whatever. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, what I am coming around to is the idea that Jed doesn't have that, doesn't have that shared lived experience mm-hmm. and maybe doesn't even have the, the self-awareness to be like, oh, I understand now that maybe the suffering that I experienced might pale in comparison to something that someone else has experienced. Mm. I think he's just seeing as a 25-year-old dude whose frontal lobe has formed two years ago, Yeah, like, what is directly in front of him. Yeah, I don't want to deny him the the hardship that he's experienced Right, exactly, you know, know, and, like, this is what is informing now. My feeling of, like, Jed sucks, Mm. but he cares and he means it. And I'm starting to really come around to that idea of, like... I, he can't control the fact that he is unbelievably cringe. Yeah. But he, at the very least, means it with every ounce of his essence. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can I say, I am so 
so glad that because essentially the idea of the bachelors is uh sort of well i don't know if this is the idea of the bachelors but like we saw these three dudes and we thought oh they're all bad for different reasons right? yeah I am so glad that it is Jed who is getting the the uh, like who for whom the reclamation project is working. Yeah, because if it yeah. was if it was Thomas Malicelli and we were coming to the end of it and being like, you know, maybe he's not such a bad guy or whatever, I would feel like the show had tricked <laughs> me and done something <laughs> evil, wicked, and insidious to my yeah. brain. Whereas with Jed, I'm like, well, yes, okay, I understand. Like through a certain lens and framework, like you know, he's just a person and he's you doing get his it, best, and right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I hope that they can find a way to tie this moment and this uh, level of growth into the story overall with him. I hope so. And I hope that it, co- you know, as he's doing his extremely long monologues in the finale that w- everyone always has, that that's sort of tied into that. I'm exhausted already by something we'll talk about <laughs> later in this episode where we talk about how much Felix has grown and changed and uh, learned. It's so funny. Which feels completely unearned and phony to me. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll to talk that. about we'll it. it. Yes. Tash has a fun backseat chat in the back of this card being driven away from the mansion. She says, what a joke, actually, before asking the driver to turn the rearview mirror so that she can see herself and fix her hair. It's great. It's very funny. It's not very road safe. Uh, I had a driving lesson today, and uh, I think my instructor, Maria, would have chucked a fit if... Uh, you didn't ask her? You know, I should have. That's, yeah. that's a failure on my part as, as a researcher and as a producer and as a host of this show. And mm. to all of our listeners, I apologize. From the bottom of our hearts, yeah. we apologize. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you t- trying to t- shoulder some of the blame for that, but it is I know it's on me, really, well, look, at the end of the day. You know? We've got to co-own these things as co-hosts. Yeah. Well... Uh, I'll remember that next time you make one of your (laughs) fuck-ups. One of my patented mistakes. (laughs) Right. Uh, Oh, Tash adds, he probably thinks I did it for him, but I did it for myself. Unclear what What she's referring to. Like, she came back. I don't know. Maybe. Can't say. Uh, Maybe I should have just gone to Thomas. Let's just leave it at that. That's great. I love that Thomas is the second option for every woman on the show. Right. Yeah. Maybe I just. And it's like only after it's too late do they consider, like, I guess I could (laughs) have. Maybe I could have just seen what was going on with that man. Yeah. He seems gullible. So, yes, Tash is fully gone. They have pre sold this episode on nothing but the fact that she will return. Right. And it petered out within literally 10 minutes. It's so funny. Um, I don't think that was the stroke of promotional genius that they thought it was. It's good to get people in for the start of the episode, though. I guess so. But I then love... you're giving people a really good excuse to stop watching after that 10 minutes is up, you know? I, that's true, but when are the ratings measured or whatever? Do you know what I that's mean? Like, I too. feel like yeah. as soon as, as a producer of something, yeah. the idea is well, you that you want to hook people in mm. and then trust that they will continue with you mm. because you're selling them, like, coming up soon. I think that would have worked uh, great. Some promotion alley or if whatever. If she didn't go home. Yeah, it, uh, that's also true. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the topic of ratings, we'll yes. talk about this very quickly because not the full info hasn't come out. But I have the ratings for this episode. Oh, uh, at the one that we're currently discussing, it is the lowest rated Bachelor episode ever. Oh no! It is equal to the lowest rated episode of any Bachelor show ever. Oh no! It is tying with the lowest rated episode of Brooke Burton season. Do people think that the Bachelor isn't on on Sunday nights? I think very strongly that that's the case. Right. I think they've not done a good job of explaining to people when and where they should be tuning in. Because they started it on a Monday and now there's episodes that... Mm. Yeah. 
And Monday to Sunday, I tell you. Look, this as I said, this is only part of the story. The uh, the digital numbers, the streaming numbers are pretty good. Um, at this point, every episode has been viewed by more people after the fact than while it's been airing, which Young is not always audience. Been the case. Exactly, yeah, and that means that people are engaged and people are watching, and the numbers aren't quite as bad as they seem to be. Right. However, nobody's looking at this as a good thing. Anyway, um, speaking of numbers, I guess uh, let's talk Tash. Tash, I think, you know, I. how do we think we'll remember her? I think she was she was a pretty good villain overall, except for a couple of, like, truly heinous things that she did that I will probably never, like, I'm not really willing to overlook, uh, you know? No, um, never. I also think her return was just an absolute flop, and yeah. um, particularly given nobody really watched this episode, or not in the numbers that, you know, it's not a huge margin no of difference. No one's going to remember. But yeah, I, I think like in an, in a if, if Tash showed up in season four or something, uh, she would still be on TV now. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, if she was Kira. Right, yeah. She would, she would have seized the public's imagination, and she would have probably turned it into because like she bought a bunch of followers she's clearly not done being a public figure right um she will probably i guess be on some other reality tv show in a couple of years yeah let's see her on whatever sophie monk is hosting at the moment is it love island or yeah. something like that yeah yeah yeah. maybe she's gonna go on fuckboy island i would like she that she could go on milf manor milf she could... Ma oh, look obviously we have to watch that for the show we have been talking about milf manor milf manor is yeah. rising the ranks of post-batchy uh projects for us look we realize that this show is not destined to be on the air forever right, right, we're gonna right. have to pivot to something and milf manor seems like <laughs> as good How an option no? as any uh anyway tash began the season with 9761 followers on instagram and she's done quite well oh really <laughs> she, yeah she's leaving with 22,016. and how many of those do you suppose that she may have purchased uh many 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 of many those. Many, yeah, many 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 i, many, I many, haven't many, done, many. really crunched the numbers but i think it's roughly 10,000 at least okay um which means that she probably got about another thousand or two on okay top of that you know not awful but uh I mean, she'll go down in the history books for one thing or another. Let's, uh, as we're like scratching our heads, you mm. know, wondering uh, what the hell they're going to do with the rest of this episode now that Tash is gone, we cut to, and this is why I think like they threw away a lot of viewers, because the next thing you see is like slow motion footage of Felix working out in a gym. Yeah. And I just don't think that's, that's particularly captivating. You it's know? not that interesting. The first thing you should have seen was like, now that Tash is gone, I can really focus on this person. And yeah, or anything. Uh, or now like, that Tash is gone, I can really concentrate on my connection with Bella. Or, right, or yeah. whoever, yeah. Um, or it should have led into some visually exciting group or single date or Jed something. Jed playing drums in the forest. Anything, Let's yeah. just throw that out as an idea. Because this is quite literally filler. This yes. is like... They zoom in on a towel that he's wearing, and they're like, look, he's got a towel. He's muscular. Yeah. Um, I just think, like, who is going, like, well, I've got to stick around to see right, where this is exactly. going. Uh, and then there is some glaringly obvious green screen future Felix um, in ITM, where he says, today I've planned a single date with someone I have been dying to spend a little bit of alone time with. And of course, just from hearing that, you know who he's talking about. He's obviously talking about... Abigail. Big Gail. Big Gail, who we like. We like on this show. I don't want to say anything critical uh, about... Well, no, I don't have anything critical There's to say There's nothing about to her. say about Big Gail that's no, critical. I she hasn't just, been on the program. Exactly. I think it's extremely funny that he um, pretends that this has always been a really high priority for him. Yeah. Um, but this he, is the same as Thomas with Lauren. Yes, exactly. It's very strange the way that this season has shook out on yeah. that front. Um, 
So in ITM, he says, Today I've organized a British high tea at the Hilton to give Abigail a little taste of home. And I hope that nobody at the Hilton Surfers Paradise sees this episode because they actually do their own British high tea there every day from 11.30am till 3pm. And I'm not sure if you're supposed to... You've done a little bit of research. Yeah, but I don't know if you're meant to bring in your own high tea. (laughs) You know, I think it's mostly like, you know, if they found out, you know, they would probably be a bit, bit upset. But... I will say, to his credit, and I'm not giving a huge amount of praise to Felix in this season of our program, but Felix seems to be really good at putting a high tea together. Like, it it matches the one on the Hilton website perfectly. Phenomenal. And it's particularly impressive because he's a guy who didn't know how to make tea at all about a week ago. Like he, we're talking about growth of this guy. Like, we need to we need to give him space to to really, you know. Uh, appreciate this is a yeah. real a real growth arc, and we could step back and give him a round of applause for this. Yes, Big Gale spots some ketchup on the sausage rolls. Hell yes, and reveals that she has a massive phobia of ketchup. Big Gale, we got some words. <laughs> I got some words for you. Noted ketchup defender Max Quinn. What's that- wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with ketchup? It is interesting to What's frame wrong it with as it's a mighty sauce. It's interesting to frame it as a phobia rather than like, you know, an aversion or, you know, I don't have the taste for it or whatever. Sure. Um, phobia is fine. Like if you are feeling that strong. Yeah. You go right ahead, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Go I piss, just girl. It's, it is like, I have the most basic reaction to this. So a lot of the time when we do this program and we see something on the TV, I can kind of vibe what the reaction you're meant to have from it is. Uh-huh. And I go, but what's really going on? <laughs> Whereas here, I'm like, no, I'm reacting like every Tom, Dick and Harry. What the fuck, Abigail? <laughs> what's going on with your tomato sauce thing? Is it the texture? Is it the color? Is it the flavor? You know, like I want more detail. Someone else in my life recently revealed that they were a non-source person. Interesting. And I thought... Non-source in general, not just tomato ketchup? No, no, no. Non-source. Like, don't want to dip? Oh, that's nuts. You think For me, so? one of life's greatest pleasures is dipping sauce. Okay. Can we talk... I'm oh, I'm borderline ashamed of this. Let's talk about dipping. There are certain dipping sauces that I like so much from certain fast food restaurants. Oh. That I will go to the fast food restaurant, order a small amount of food, and then take away a great quantity of dipping sauces so that I can have them at my disposal at all hours of the day. Oh, I didn't know about Le- this. Let's talk about the Aporto lemon and herb sauce, my friend. I don't know about Aporto. I don't think that I've ever eaten Aporto in my life. This is crazy. This is wild. Because this is a habit that started with uh, my previous podcast co-host, Tom Sanderson. We lived near an Aporto. We would go to Aporto every week before we recorded our podcast, which, by the way, you shouldn't listen to. Uh, and uh, I think that created a sort of adolescent fixation of some sort. On Aporto. On, on particular. Particularly Aporto's lemon and herb sauce. Fascinating. I mean, their other food is fine, but yeah. Their other food, but the the. But if you went downstairs sauce. and looked in my refrigerator, I would I could tell you I have like maybe six to eight packets of them, and oh. they have gradually raised the price of the individual packets of lemon and herb sauce. No, 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 that's unforgivable. The only limit, and I'm truly ashamed to be putting it out there. I've <laughs> talked about I've talked about some vulnerable stuff on this podcast in the past. Yeah, I've, I've like opened up about my sexuality. I've opened up about relationships, relationships I've been in that kind of thing. In, absolutely. This is the most. Okay. We're cutting right to the bone right now. Okay, here we go. The only limit to the amount of a Porto lemon and herb sauce that I will buy is the shame that I experience in asking for it. Oh, I love it. Like, I, my oh, budget is, this for this is, is limitless. The only thing stopping me is having to say, hey, can I get, like, every time I go up, I'm like, hey, can I get a, you know, whatever meal? Um, and then and can I also sources. please get, yeah, can I get 
And I've tried different ways throughout mm. my years of struggling with this addiction mm-hmm. of being like, can I get some extra? Yeah. But then they started charging for them. Yeah. Well, no, I think they've always charged a bit for them. But, that, but so I would be like, oh, can I just get a handful or whatever? And I'll just take whatever they give me. Mm. Um, and now I've gone like, yeah, can I get like a half dozen? Okay. That's kind of what I've settled on because it's the least number of words I have to say. So I'm spending the least amount of time having to talk to a wait, person. Wait, 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 wait. Like a dozen. What about that? How does that feel? That's less words. It is left. Oh, I might have to try it. I think you've got to give it a go. Can I get like a dozen? So what it is, it's a two-pronged question. I go like, um, they, they all go like, do you want anything else? And I'm like, uh, yeah, can I get some lemon and herb sauce? Yeah. And, and they're like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, can I get like a dozen? Is, is kind of where it would land. Okay, yeah. so what I think that you need to do, rather than make it twice the questioning for yourself mm. you need to just go straight in like go whole hog with this maybe i should start with the sources and then go oh and by the way i'll have a you know medium you. meal yes, or exactly. yeah, yeah 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 or just like <laughs> can i get anything you else can, can, you, can, can obviously like a dozen of the lemon and herb sources yeah, please? yeah yeah what you what i could do and i've never stooped this low because they charge more for it yeah if i went on uber eats or something some, oh. somewhat similar. I could literally just place a source-based order and cut out the middleman altogether. True. But then I'm worried about the eye contact with the delivery driver. Oh, you don't want that. I'm, I'm worried about them having to go and be my proxy, go to it the is, store, and, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. make eye contact, I probably so talk about me. This. None of that yeah, works yeah, for me. Yeah. And also it's an extra 20 cents or whatever per unit. For sure. Know. Like, I definitely I empathize with this. There are certain times where I would be like walking even down the street tonight to your house. Yeah. I've not eaten dinner. And I was like, oh, I should eat something. Oh, have you still not but eaten? But can I be I've got seen... so much sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pour you a cup. Can I, but can I be seen eating uh, whatever, a slice of pizza or a sausage roll in public or yeah. something like that at 6.30 at night Which I on the say way down to your house or you whatever? can and should, and I do it all the time. But, of course. But I understand, of course, the... It's just the psychological aspect of it where I'm like, I don't know about this. Anyway, so big gal, we understand you. (laughs) (laughs) I live in a trendy area. You might bump into somebody you know. I'm often thinking about that too, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. I don't. This is the other part. You don't I want to be don't seen. Want to be seen. I am fine if I'm like walking down the street and I have a beer or whatever. Uh-huh. Where and I run into someone and I'm like, "Hey, how are you? What's going on?" Because it's a little bit jovial. We're yeah. having fun here. Yeah. If I have a big fucking slice of like pizza the size of my fist, sure. We got. We're having a different conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. What you're this? probably going to have to crutch. talk about the pizza. Exactly. And then they're going to say like, "Oh, these toppings. What do you think about that? You know, oh, pineapple on pizza." Oh, I don't yeah. want. I don't want no one to know any of my habits. No, me too. And. Yeah, it's the fucking... And it's so weird because these instincts are are in so many people. Of course, And right? they shape our world. Like yes. Like the ordering online. Oporto, we're yeah. back on this, yes. has just made it possible to place an order online and then pick it up in store. Oh. Because like, okay, let's talk about, I go to like a, a burrito place, right? Sure. And um, the way I like my burrito, it's not like your grandmama's burrito, right? Okay, you like a burrito in a different way. I got a couple of complexities that I like spices. to add to the occasion. Okay. Yeah, I like to get a couple of, you know, I throw some jalapenos in there if they're not already there. Uh-huh. Give me some of that diced Spanish onion. I'll take a little sprinkle of coriander, you know, whatever it is. Okay, these are fine things, I think. But if I were to go to the store yeah. and say, hello, I'll have a burrito, I don't want to say any of that. Oh, me neither. But I get to live my best life through not interacting with human beings. Oh, isn't it good? It's good, but then also, where this is this is how society crumbles. But this is also why you need Tony, okay? Talk and to me about Tony. Tony is my burrito guy. Oh, oh well, let me say he's my wrap guy. Okay, I should say they they are wraps. They also function as burritos if you want to think about them <laughs> in that way. <laughs> Tony owns a deli they on Blue Road. They're burritos. They are, in fact, burritos. Uh-huh. Tony's situation is like 
God, we have so much of this episode to go. No, this is it. We're okay. S- we're cutting off the rest of it. Tony's thing is you walk into the Carlton Deli and he that says... last episode was two and a half hours long. Do you know who I am? Wait, Tony says this? Tony says this. Yeah. And then he says, I'm Tony Montana. Wow. The rap king of Glebe. Oh, shit. And I'm like, we'll drop a fresh 16, bitch. Yeah, of course. You're like, oh, I love rap. I That's love great. rap. Yeah. What if I learn to beatbox? Uh-huh. And... <laughs> we could collab. He's like, no, 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 no. What do you want on your... Do you want uh, spinach? Do you want a whatever? Yeah. And then... To bully. Oftentimes, he'll just forget. Oh. Like, you'll say, I want a... He gives them all these weird names. Mm-hmm. Dragon wrap. Sick. I want a dragon wrap. Yeah. And he's like, great. And do you want cheese on that? And I'll be like, definitely. Sounds like you do, yeah. Yeah. It will never come with cheese. <laughs> it will have half the salads that I want, but it will have half of a whole different other wrap on top of it. I can see the appeal of this. It's great. Because you are you are embracing chaos. Yes. And you're saying, I will take what I'm given. Yes. Whereas for me, and we can see a lot of the, the podcast in this, I think. Yeah, fucking A. Because you're you're more in you know inclined to have a, a really good gut reaction and come up with something on the fly. Whereas I like to, you know meticulously do... prepare. Right. It's the yeah. ordering online of Bachelor of Hearts. <laughs> um ketchup though is is dece. You mm. know, it's pretty good condi. It's a great condi, and look, I think that um, as uh, fans of condiments here on the BOH pod, I would encourage everyone who is listening uh, to try a condiment tomorrow. Can can everyone who's listening to this, who has endured this much of this, mm. let us know the condiment you love the most? Yeah, please. If you could just jump in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook, yeah, and then you create a whole new post, <laughs> and you just write... I don't want one mega thread. I no, want no, no, no. separate condiment posts. Separate, like, you maybe, just write Okay, mustard. if your one is the same as somebody else's, maybe you can keep that... I don't even want that. No, you don't want that. Jump straight in, Each and person. you just write... Source. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, I'm into it. Mayo heads rise up. Yeah, fuck yeah. Know, whatever it is. Yeah, we we love you. We want to hear from you. We love you. We want to hear, even if you want a source head. If you're if you're a hater. If you're a source hater, yeah. look, we love you. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We respect your choices yes. as human beings, and we will move forward with you together. I wonder if Abigail's fear also extends to catsup. Catsup. You know? Well, Ketchup. look, because of Big Mini. Catsup. Oh, True. I don't know. You would think she's probably pro catsup. She's probably pro catsup. Maybe that's where the fear comes from. Oh, look, do you know? I look. I have never eaten cat soup. Um, <laughs> I. She says she has been to therapists about it. That can't be true. I mean, I believe that she may I have gone to therapists yeah, and talked yeah, yeah. about it. I don't. I don't imagine you make the booking and they go, "Okay, so what can I?" <laughs> I don't know. Like, like if she's about? if she's a phobic of of sauce. Well, maybe. Look, Get that and shit away se- from me. Honestly, and it's you can't always tell. Yeah. And in fact, you almost never can tell. No. But she seems like a really well-adjusted, happy person who seems like Absolutely. stuff is going well for. Maybe this is the biggest and only problem in her life. You know what? Which we I am. We're on the BOH pod. Yeah. Encourage Abigail to jump that hurdle. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to make... Uh, yeah. Look, I, I feel like if you can, if you can, if you can avoid the catch-up problem... Mm. You know, if you're Abigail and you can avoid the catch-up problem, you're living your best life. And if you want to catch up on future episodes <laughs> of the BOH pod, you yeah. know where to find us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Felix chuckles. He ITMs something about how she makes him laugh. Great. I think he thinks she's joking. That's fine. Doesn't It doesn't seem like he she is doing this for his benefit. No. Though, right? Um, but Big Gale uh, laughs a lot while calling him out for not taking him on a date for the entire season. Great. Um, in not like a friendly, her on fun a date. way. Yeah. Yeah. 
and Felix says that he initially thought he wanted the type of person who comes and grabs him from the crowd, but now he realizes he probably doesn't. Interesting. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's It feels less like growth to me and more just like something to say. But I can now, after seeing the next episode, feel like maybe there is uh, there's some truth to that. You know? Yeah, like at this point, I don't know that we're all up in our Felix about this. <laughs> but yeah, but I we can will sense be. him making a deliberate pivot throughout yes. these episodes. Um, which uh, he, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it. Big Gale says that she is trying to trust the process and understand that it will come together if it's meant to be. Okay, Sam Hinky. Who's that? He is the uh, architect of the worst basketball team of all time. Uh-huh. The 2000 and the mid-2000s Philadelphia 76ers. There's no way that the mid-2000s Philadelphia 76ers were worse than my high school PE class that I had to play basketball in. For oh, so they lost afternoon. almost every game intentionally. They threw every game because Sam Hinkie... Is this the Washington General? Wait, is that who yes. they are? No, no, no. They're not the Washington Generals, but Sam Hinkie talked everyone into a Washington Generals strategy. That right? Whatever's going like, on there. We're going to get the highest draft picks. We're going to get the best players. <laughs> this episode's all tangents. It's all tangents, but yeah. like... And his catchphrase was, trust the process. He I did it. get fired. Oh. But... It, it stands to reason that the catchphrase holds up. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think it is also a, a, a crucial philosophy for being on this show. Definitely. You have to, at all times, be praising the process. Yes. And you have to, uh, if not earnestly, then at least vocally appear to believe that this is the not, not just the way that you will find love, but the best way that anyone could find love. At no point are you to question the process. Yes. Um she asks him to understand that she will be her fun and silly self in group settings, but may not be extremely vulnerable unless they're alone together. Cute. Makes um, sense. Yes. I think I agree. And, uh, you know, this is very nice. And also it's almost impossible to imagine him proposing to her in a couple of weeks or whatever. Absolutely you know? this. Uh, which is a bit of a running theme in uh, this episode. But I don't think that Felix is going to propose to anyone. Well, I wonder. Yeah. Um, Felix tells her, so many people think that when we sit down and have this kind of conversation, we've got to be talking what your deepest fears are and that sort of stuff. And as much as yours is ketchup, and I don't necessarily need to know that, it's, uh, you know, it's a feeling. I have absolutely no idea what he's that saying. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Felix senses that Abigail would be a great mother because of her connection with Minnie. And in a terrifying ITM, he says... This cold, emotionless rock that is Felix is starting to crack, and, you know, it's... Is he a love volcano? Is that what's happening here? It's sort of a muppety little, like, yell that he does there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Felix, of course, takes... Can we talk about the Muppets just really quickly? Oh, uh, for hours, if you like, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing that I've been thinking about today. Hit me. Jim Henson, for a long time, Mm -hmm. had all of us innocently believing that there was this frog who wanted to fuck this pig. (laughs) Yeah. And the pig wanted to fuck the frog just as much. Well, in fact, I would say that Miss Piggy wanted to fuck Kermit more. More so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She definitely was like, let's say, the Tash to Kermit's Felix. (laughs) Or Kermit's Jed or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Just, we never talked about it. Never really interrogated never it. Ta- yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's actually a beautiful connection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I have a rainbow connection. If I was yeah. to to postulate about it. Uh, tangent. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's, I, I'm actually boring myself even thinking about it. 
There's a trending TikTok audio. I know. I just said it. The, I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Yeah. But people are getting the lyrics wrong. I don't know what it is. So it's from an FKA Twigs song. I didn't know this either. Oh, right. Okay. So it's from this really beautiful FKA Twigs song and it has great lyrics. And people are either intentionally, maybe, or unintentionally getting the lyrics wrong. <laughs> intentionally, maybe, my favorite Oasis album. <laughs> Do we have a my favorite Oasis album joke on every episode? Of <laughs> no, that was before we started recording yesterday. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> Everyone's checking their phones, being like, why is this, why is this nine what hours is going long? on with this nine hour podcast? Yeah. Uh, Felix, of course, takes credit for the 17 hours worth of baking that went into the high tea, which he's only right to do because he did, of course, prepare it, as he, he said it. earlier. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in voiceover, he says, Abigail's hot. She's super cute. There's just a lot of laughter. And I'm used to leaving a conversation with a girl like, that was fun. I enjoyed that. But not with that butterfly sort of feeling. Oh, good boy. Okay. I don't. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, of course. Yes. I just also feel like he has said that about other people, you know. Probably. He doesn't feel like when he leaves a conversation with Tilly, he doesn't go, oh, that was okay. <laughs> you know, he goes like, I'm... oh, mama. Awooga. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway. Felix invites Big Gail back to the batch pad because he's got a present to give her. And we cut to the very not decorated couch. I could tell this time uh, in front of the pool where he presents her with a little coat for Minnie. It's really cute. It is cute. He says he searched far and wide but couldn't find a cat outfit. So she's going to have to settle for a dog one instead. Max, the last time somebody said dog coat on this TV show, <laughs> it derailed the whole episode. Derailed the whole series and in fact derailed our entire podcast for many years afterwards. Yeah, as demonstrated by what you're listening to right now. Uh, Felix then pretends his phone is ringing. Yeah. I slowed the footage down. You can see that it's not. Doesn't matter. Um, but then he unveils what I thought was a genuinely a very this thoughtful, sweet. sweet gesture. A FaceTime call with Minnie. Now, it's unclear from this footage where exactly Minnie is. Uh, we know that she was given a leaf on the first episode. Yes. She hasn't been on any of the group dates since then. So I believe she is She's still safe. in the mansion waiting That's for right. her single date. Yeah. And I'm hoping that her storyline gets picked up again. Because really, we talked about some people, Lauren, you know, whoever, uh, have been kind of disappearing into the background. Yeah. Abigail herself, even. Mm. But Minnie, we've, we've hardly seen hide nor hair of. It's an absolute crying shame. She's got a lot of hide and a lot of hair. That's right. Well, a lot of hide, I'll say, because I haven't fucking seen her. Where is she? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at first... I was really impressed that Minnie was able to operate the phone and call Felix on her own yeah. without any human interaction uh, yeah. uh, intervention. But then I realized, of course, she can because she's got her own Instagram page and everything. We've of been messaging. She does. That's right. We've been messaging Minnie for a couple of weeks, and Minnie seems to really have a handle on how this works. Yeah, absolutely. Minnie uh, is a, a star in the making. Oh, look, great online presence, great banter. Yeah, it's good stuff from Minnie. We watch Felix. Big Gale, who can say? <laughs> I don't know. We she's not active online. Not certain. Um, we watch Felix and Big Gale kiss on the couch with her voiceover saying, I could see myself falling for him, playing over the top, followed by a really badly Frankenbitten audio clip of Felix saying, I'm just so comfortable with Abigail and I could be myself. I could potentially see myself falling in love. I think if I was working on this show. Yeah. And heaven forbid, you know, <laughs> uh, I'd take the paycheck, but it would not be a happy time in my life, I imagine. I would, would just love like, it. This would be the happiest time in your life. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Because um, I would feel 
guilty. Yeah. Because I know this show is, like, evil in a number of ways. In a weird way, yeah. yeah. Um, but I would, like, day one, I would sit everybody down in the yeah. ITM booth, every single person individually, because uh-huh. they all eventually get in there at some point. First thing I would do is, like, let's do ten different takes of I could see myself falling in love with you. Oh, definitely. The I'm sure sentence. that they do it. But how are they now getting to this point? Have they just run out? Well, so this is the thing. Like, like I just don't think that this has happened. Like, it is so hard to match tone. So, for example, when I do promos for the radio, yeah, I will give three, sometimes four different readings yeah. of how I might approach that tone of voice if no direction is given. Like, sometimes my producer will say to me, uh, I want you to be really excited and um, quite quick with this. Mm-hmm. And that's easy and it's good direction for me mm-hmm. if it's not if they say you do you yeah which they often do mm. i'm like let's go but you need to have three different versions of me doing me yeah well we do that every week for this podcast as well we yeah, do that's true. we record like three to five separate entire versions we we do it one time improv that's right and then we write down everything that we said that's at every right. point and then we do different takes for different emotions and different feelings mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Know, that episode we i did- was really mad about that <laughs> when we started doing it I'm so mad. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Courtney. We remember Courtney. She had Heelys. She had Heelys. That's all we know about Courtney. Yep. Um, she gets the next single date with Jed at a place called Six Degree Studios, which is in Brisbane. So I know about this. It's a hip hop studio. Yeah. Generally like an hour drive to get there or something. Is there nothing on the Gold Coast? Maybe not. I, it's very hard to say, but this is, um, I would say a, cheaper studio to rent out like mm. they've got good rates yeah um you can hire a studio with an engineer for i think it's for two hours it's 200 dollars, which is pretty oh, that's good. pretty good yeah. yeah for half a day i think it's 375 yeah yeah uh don't quote me uh <laughs> and don't use promo code max quinn for a dis- <laughs> whatever anyway what i'm saying is uh i think that this is like a a cheaper studio to rent out and a studio that would have some mm, gear handy all the aesthetic needs and all of the yeah. gear needs that you would require. Yeah, because let's let's be real. They don't need much for this date. This is so funny. I, uh, love, I love how funny this date is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we briefly revisit Jed and Courtney's blind date where they mention that both of their dads are bass players. And so mm. naturally, that's enough in common for Jed to pick this date location, which is obviously just tailored to him and his interests. Uh, but he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like you can come along. Too. Yeah. Uh, he also ITMs. I haven't had Courtney on a group date or a single date yet, which what is the fuck. It's a pretty alarming statistic, right? And it is. I should add for clarity, particularly alarming because Courtney has in fact been on four group dates. That's so which funny. is more than anybody else That's on the entire so, season. And so Jed, fucking funny. Did he not notice? He's like, no, nah, she hasn't been on one. He's like, I've never seen this woman before in my entire That's life. So funny. <laughs> That's so funny. A fittingly weird intro for a pretty weird single date. This date is so strange. Jed ITMs that he's excited to get emotionally vulnerable through music for the first time, I guess, on this season where he's been playing drums every Mm, single week. I can't believe that when he is writing this song, he picked out my bugbear. What do you mean? They're writing a song together. Yeah. And they've they've started to collaborate. They've they've decided this is what the date is. Right. Yeah. This is what the date is. They're going to do a co-writing session. Notepad comes out. They're going lyrics first, which is an interesting choice. That is, firstly, to me, bizarre. Wild. I don't understand that. I don't really know of anybody who does. Apart from maybe, like, I have an idea for a lyric. 
I understand. I have an idea for a lyric. I understand writing to title. I don't understand writing an entire lyric. Doing the whole lyrics and then going, how can it. I... Yeah, no, crazy. That makes no sense to me. I get... You know, I'm curious about his songwriting style, actually, because he's a drummer first and foremost. Yes. And so I always, I always think that it's interesting when uh, drummers who are not specifically... Um, otherwise musician yeah. or musically... Well, I, I don't really know, to okay. be honest. But that changes the way that you approach songwriting. Of course, right? Writing to a rhythm track changes things, mm. I think. Uh, in any case, what Jed does is he writes a lyric about emotion and ocean. Mm. Yeah. And that, to me, is the laziest fucking thing that you can do as a songwriter. These are truly some of the first draftiest. And I get... It is literally a first draft. It's a first draft. But I have also now heard, I think, three different songs written by or with Jed McIntosh. I have two. And okay. they are they are truly this bad. This like, the, lyric-wise, at the very least. The lyric is the thing that I pay the most attention to when I'm listening to a song the first time around. Mm -hmm. I am, as a listener, and other people aren't this way... Mm. But as a listener, I am the most inclined to listen to what is your story, what is you trying to, what are you trying to say, and how are you trying to say it? Yeah. Emotion, ocean, and mellow and yellow. <laughs> love, glove. <laughs> love, glove is not even. No one does well, it. Love doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like these are the two that are the Maybe most like common. You and true. Although you can get away with that because they are so general, so broad. They like, are so general and so broad. Yeah. But yellow is and mellow are so specific. Right. Emotion and ocean are such specific. What Whoa. makes me crazy about this in particular yeah. is that they are, they are struggling to get there. Yeah. Like the, the idea that emotion rhymes with ocean does not come to them very easily. And they feel an incredible sense of accomplishment when they figure it out. It's fucked. It's fucked. And she's like, and what about this? And Jed's right. like, no, nah, don't worry so about it. So Jed, Jed goes, effortless emotion riding the wave into the depth of... And then he goes, Jesus, I'm so close. Like, he's like, uh, you know, he's, he's on the brink of hum. genius. And Courtney goes, love? Which I'm now just realizing, Courtney, love. That's interesting. Um, her idea is effortless emotion riding the wave into the depth of love. I guess maybe that could be all one line. There's no rhyme in there. No. I thought maybe they should rhyme with wave. Effortless emotion riding the wave into the depth of, I don't know exactly, but, you know. Um, and now I feel like there's some pressure on the, us to, like, fix this song, which is not what we're about. Um, but yeah, they, they, they sit there kind of thinking Ugh. about it in, and then they no, settle on like, oh, this so, mm, the wildest so thing yeah. is that almost he's like maybe doing a trade-off so that he can incorporate Courtney's idea of the word love. Yeah. So he doesn't go effortless emotion, riding the wave into the depth of the ocean. He instead goes into the depth of love's ocean, like it's obfuscating awful. it one more degree, you know, it's, this is just poor songwriting. And then I'm so sad about so it. So that's really bad. But then it goes even weirder. It, yeah. it stops being bad and starts being like, I can't actually understand it. <laughs> so Courtney says this sentence, which I truly cannot make sense of. Yeah. She says, I feel like stars in a bunch of, with a whole bunch of circles. That is phenomenal. And then Jed says, okay, down. And I'll put a little starry note. I don't, I've studied music. I have a degree in music. I have done lots of music theory and I'm not just, Doing a bit, I actually can't tell what the idea this is, is here. Not, I'd like to think sensible. maybe because obviously we're used to like pretty standard Western notation, sure. right? Of like uh, the lines on the page. If you're a non-musical listener, you get it. You know, you've got the squigglies and the little dot with a line sticking out of it or whatever. Yeah. 
I like to think maybe they are using a non-standard notation here so that they are just plotting out ideas. Sometimes people do this. It helps them break out of that framework and not think like, the, he's the, the, here are the notes that I'm meant to use or whatever. And maybe they're being extra creative. They're stretching outside the limits and they're going like, oh, something a little starry. You know, because music is a difficult thing to explain and talk about, particularly if you're not trained in it. Sure. You have to talk your way around it and say like... In feelings and emotions. Exactly. To be or with or you, in symbology or whatever it is that you sort of comes more naturally to you. Once I interviewed Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys. Uh-huh. And he talked about how this song in particular that he was working on, which was from AM, was like a Fender Stratocaster riding a galactic wave of stars or some shit, uh-huh. right? Like, And which, I was like... like you also right. see this. You also see this stuff come out in interviews with people who have had to talk about their music too much. Yes, is like I am no longer interested in talking about what it actually is, or you know, like, right. I'm trying to be more creative and give you a more interesting answer. And the thing here is that my friend was taking the piss. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this man was like, I do not care anymore, <laughs> and I'm simply going to say words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this songwriting feels like. That's what I. Yeah, and I like you know. I want to make it clear. I can't imagine anything worse. Like, I literally, this might be my greatest, maybe even harder than talking about the Aporto Lemon and Herb sauce. Sure. Is to have my songwriting process filmed. Because oh. I don't write a lot of music anymore. But, like, the idea that it's being broadcast around the country, everybody is seeing into it. When you're collaborating with a new person who maybe ha- you don't know their music background or whatever. Yeah. Like, any of that. You know, there's a reason that you don't release music until it's a finished product, right? I get it. Or maybe if you do, it is because you have uh, whatever other circumstances. Yeah, yeah, it's blown up on TikTok. But like, I would never want the first meeting, the first conversation, the first like when you can't even think of the word that rhymes with emotion. Yeah, I would never want that to get out. That's horrific. Oh, that's also true. I do feel bad that we are being critical about it. It's just that for Jed, it seems like he has actively invited this. You know, oh, this is true. Like he positions himself as a songwriter. He's interwoven the fact that he's a songwriter into so much of this season, into the way that he talks with the women, into things that they do on dates. Right, right. So he's inviting this. He yes. wants he wants this process to be seen as part of the package that he's creating. Of who Jed is. Of who Jed is and why we should care about him. Is that he's a songwriter and even when he just sits down with one of the women from The Bachelor, he's gonna come up with something ingenious. And do you know what? When we hear it, it's beautiful. Well, the two of them put their hands on the keyboards, Mm. or one keyboard. They're sort of sharing it, music and lyrics style, very cute. And we hear some synthesizer music on the soundtrack, but it is absolutely not. Definitely not not what they're playing. Categorically not what they are playing at all. And, like, not only is it not the live sound, like we were talking about at the uh, group date, where yes. the band was playing. Mood Monroe. But it doesn't actually match up at all. Like, no. it's not... The, the Whatever it is that they're actually playing in the room... The rhythm of what they're like playing this. with their fingers doesn't match what we're hearing in the audio. Right. And so, that makes me think, like, was it really that bad? Uh, they're also... They wrote a page full of lyrics, neither of them saying a no, single word. Mm, or mm, tried mm, to mm. rhythmically talk it out or anything like that. It's so, so wrong. And, of course, they also don't show us the finished product, which, like, I understand maybe they didn't get through all of the stages. Give me a verse. You know what I mean? Do a little live run through something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we don't have a new candidate for our outro music, which is very upsetting to me. This was the main thing that I think that we were aiming for from this episode was some song about Jed's emotions being in the ocean. Not that we dislike our current outro music or whatever, but, like, Every time a new piece of music is gifted to us from this show, it is yeah. it is truly wonderful. We, we talk about... We still... Like, Mac 
McCain. McCain. Oh my like, god. His enduring legacy will will live on for years and will years. Will always be you, 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 me, me, me. Right. Um, Courtney, ITMs. I feel like I kind of came undone today in a good way. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe that is the lyric that you run with, Courtney. Does rhyme? Wouldn't hurt. It's yeah. not. Uh, I feel like I kind of came undone today. In a good way. I feel like a bummer dun dun dun. Okay, we gotta hit on our hands. In We're gonna have to stop recording way. and do a little process. Uh, they share a kiss at the keyboard. Um, Jed says, definitely feel my emotions getting a lot deeper, and I think she's feeling the same way too. And feel we like I kind of feel my emotions getting a lot deeper. <laughs> we hit this moment in the middle of writing this song where we both realized that didn't see that moment anyway. Um, and then <laughs> as they are kissing and we're sort of sort of panning out a little bit, sort of zooming away, and, and this is kind of wrapping up the end of the date, Jed reaches his hand out. While they're kissing, he plonks his hand down on the keyboard on the, on the high notes. Yes. And he plays one note twice. It is a high C sharp. And we hear on the score a piano play two different notes. No. They're right in time with it. But this, to me, I love so much because it feels like an intentional choice. It feels like whoever is doing the music for this, whoever has been given the assignment of, like, please wallpaper over whatever the fuck actually happened here, (laughs) is making fun of Jed. Doing too high... Yeah, it's... mm. Because, like, that's not music. I mean, you know. It's music enough. I guess. But... Yeah. mm -hmm. True delight. True delight. And while we are talking about the delights that this episode had to offer, there is another big one here. It is... A boat day. I am thrilled that we are finally back on the boat. We talked about it in the last episode, Xavier. Yeah, I was skeptical that we would ever happen. have one again. Yeah, yeah. It's a boat date with Thomas and Leah. Uh, Leah, we haven't seen too much of her since her action-packed swingle date in episode swingle three. Swingle date. Uh, they whiz around on a bright red speedboat trying desperately to match the adrenaline-pumping rush of their first date. This is the first time that The Bachelor has felt like The Bachelor in such a <laughs> long time. Listen, uh, if you're not familiar, what we're referring to is in every other season before this, they'll put The Bachelor and his perspective on some kind of heavy machinery where they will not be able to talk to each other. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is the contents of a single day. That's what's happening here. And then also we, we, we notice there's a boat date just about every week, um, which sometimes they have plenty of time to talk to each other. Sometimes they're in a canoe. Sometimes they're in a yacht. Kayak. Some, whatever it who is. Who can say? Yeah. yeah. Um, so great to see that returning as well. At one point, the boat turns sharply and it's going very fast and it looks like some water might be getting splashed around. Yes. But... Thomas makes sure to protect himself because, as we know, if any water touches his skin, his legs will transform into a mermaid tail and his secret will be revealed. Great. You want to watch H2O just add water, Maxi? Mate, I, at some point in my life, was the breakfast producer, the, the temporary fill-in every once in a while uh-huh. breakfast producer for the Triple J radio program, Breakfast with Matt O'Kine and Alex Dyson. Matt O'Kine was in H2O just at water. I didn't know. So I know about this. You know from H2O. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas, as we've discussed, is no ordinary girl. He's from the deep blue underworld. this is so funny. The world is his oyster and he's the pearl. Um, After a minute, they disembark and stroll along the beach. 
Leah ITMs that the more she gets to know Thomas, the more she's able to believe in love again. And as they sit by the water, not in it, (laughs) just clarifying. Just close by. Yeah. Uh, She tells Thomas, the relationships that I've had in the past, I put up with a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. I've suffered with a lot of self-confidence issues. My last relationship, he cheated on me. In ITM, a producer asks what the Leah of four to five years ago was like. And she bursts into tears, saying, I was a massive pushover. I wasn't treated nicely by guys, and I kept allowing it to happen. My ex that cheated on me, he came over the next morning and apologized, and I forgave him. He slept with me and then broke up with me by a text like three hours later. This is obviously horrific behavior. Awful. And, and, and it's, it's really hard to see how much she has internalized it and how yeah. much she seems to be blaming herself. Yeah. She tells Thomas, those hard times, I look back on them and I'm happy that they've happened because I can see how much I've grown. No. And she tells Thomas that on reflection, she's disappointed in herself. No. But she has never felt this good before. She says, it's like I've started a new story and you're the first page and I can't wait to read the rest of it. No. Yeah, I'm, I I, want to vibe check because I'm unfortunately still finding this extremely icky. It's icky in so many ways. My vibe check here is that poor Leah has is not over whatever has happened to her in the past. Yeah, it feels like that she has attached herself to Thomas, and she's going, "Oh, you're the first page. Be your own first. First page, page should probably be you. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. You, it's like be the f- listener. Be the first page of your own narrative. Yeah, yeah. Be be the whole fucking thing. You know, be your own a, book. Yeah, he can have a little BYOB. I think something. that's what it means. I think so too. Um, yeah, just I, it's obviously it's like the tone in her voice and the way that she is explaining oh, it and the way so that she's very sad. emotional about it. It's where she's finding her validation, right? Like, and I think she's still processing this this relationship grief. trauma. Yeah, and um, yeah, in my opinion, rushing into a relationship that's going to be on television with a snake oil salesman <laughs> can't be the best way to work through it on can't, any level. Can't be the best way. But then also, like, we know that she's been on reality TV before. Someone posted this in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh oh, posting yeah, group right. on Facebook yeah. this week. Like, I just, I just don't know that this is the way to solve your problems. Mm. Unless Leah's actually fine. And yeah. she is doing a really good job of convincing us otherwise. Well, that's the other... Um, it's the other way to process it, isn't it? And yeah. it's probably healthier for us to think about it that way. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, because it's... I don't believe it. All that we have to go off is what we're given here. And so the temptation to be sort of armchair psychologists or whatever is uh, is there. Um, and obviously, like, we... Oh, it's so ripe for armchair psychology. Yeah. But I do feel like, you know, if you, if you encountered somebody who was like this in your real life, then these are the types of thoughts I think you would Certainly. have. Certainly. You know? Yeah. Uh, Thomas brings her back to the batch pad where they overlook the busy streets of the Gold Coast from a hot tub. Leah tells him he's becoming really important to her. And in the, in the tonality, as if he's reading dot points off a PowerPoint presentation that he's giving to his isogenics downline. Great. He rattles off. He does. Of course. We've seen them. Uh, he rattles off a few key points. Today was really special. Like, I really wanted to see you. Oh, you're getting much better at this. It's still a bit uh, Dr. Evil-ish. But I'm you're unsure about that. it, but I've realized that less mouth movement is better. It's less mouth movement. And then let me tell you the other trick, okay? You're always, always smiling. Rick Discrin. Oh, it's right here. Yes. 
I really wanted to see you. <laughs> now it's like Apu. I feel like racist. Yeah, yeah, somehow. yeah. No, it's not Apu. No. Um, I really wanted to spend more time with you. Um, I'm falling for you. And it's really nice. It's just a really nice feeling. I just want to really get to know you. Pretty good. And Leah asks him to confirm what he's just said. Because it is a big deal when The Bachelor says something of course. like that. And then she one-ups him saying, I'm falling in love with you. Yeah. And they have a big kiss. Uh, I am now feeling pretty convinced that Thomas is going to bring Leah all the way to the end. Agree. Um, however, I'm not that convinced on how much he actually likes her. We'll talk about this as we move into the next episode. Yeah, I think, um, you know, she's she's in a very emotionally vulnerable state. Uh-huh. And she's being deliberately manipulated in a way that seems harmful by the show. And I think also partly by him. I think so too. But I don't think that he knows that he's doing it. That's That's very likely. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay, uh, enough of that. Let's move on to the group date. Today's group date takes Christ, place... There's still so much more to go. I know, I know. It takes place at a beach. Yep. Much to Jed's chagrin. <laughs> he ITMs, I hate the beach. I hate sitting in the sun and getting burned. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it I gets everywhere. I love this about Jed and I recognize this within myself. I relate to it a lot too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I grew um, up at the beach. I fucking hated it. Yeah, right. I would say though, one, one would think... That if you hated, for example, the beach and also, let's say, theme parks, yeah, you, you might think twice when they offer you a contract to become The Bachelor for the first season they're spending on the Gold Coast, yep. right? You might go, could I maybe wait until we loop back around to Sydney? Or yeah, yeah. We're going to do this or... at, some, at some point in Melbourne, for right. example. Or like, maybe can I um, offer a few clauses in my part of the contract? No. No, no, no. Um, but you know, it is a fun character trait, and oh, it's, it's a great fun kind that of he like just hates everything running that they bit do. that like everything, and particularly I'm noticing it with Alicia. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. About more in the next episode, yeah. like every time they put him together, it's for something that he fucking hates. Anyway, we'll get to it. Uh, Jed approaches a group of the women and says, "I'm so sorry, I can't get in the water." So now I'm of course wondering which one of the bachelors is the Ricky and which is the Emma and which is the Cleo. Oh, hello. Because if it's all of them, we've got a we got a reboot on our hands. Absolutely. Uh, we focus initially on Bella, which I now am thinking that that is also a, a, like a tertiary character in the H2O Just Had Water universe. But we're talking about the Bella, of course, of Champagne Dick and Oysters fame. Yes. Um, who has been popping in with really funny ITMs throughout the whole show. But again, obviously, never treated as a real... She's not a romantic prospect. Romantic. Yes. And the pattern continues here. In ITM, she says, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm meant to be getting engaged in a couple of weeks, but the boy hasn't even kissed me. I know. I would be thinking, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, right. She's, she's, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, she gets a brief window with Jed where she says, we're not here to drink beers. Well, maybe a little bit. And he compliments her eyes and their knees touch a tiny little bit. She leans in and they play very loud romantic music. She ITMs, is he going to kiss me today? And then he gets up to leave and Aww. he gives her a small polite peck on his way out. She ITMs, what does it mean when someone's not ready to kiss you, but he's kissed all of your friends? This is brutal. Yeah, I would say it means you're on The Bachelor. You are going home and I'm sorry. Yeah. Crystal. It's a great song by Jed, by the way. What's that one? You are going home and I'm sorry. It does sound good, yeah. yeah. Uh, Crystal and Felix get in the water together. Uh-huh. Although it's, I want to clarify, it's like waist deep. Crelix. It's not full submersion, you yeah. know? Uh, and Felix audibly tells her not to get his hair wet. Yeah, don't get my hair wet. 
Stop it, babe. I've told you not to do that. Yeah. Uh, Crystal wraps. I don't like it when my hair gets wet. Well, the producers probably don't like it. Right. Ruins continuity, you know. Uh, Crystal wraps her arms and then her legs around him and tries to go in for a kiss, to which he loudly says, kissing on a group date, are we? Like he's fucking Severus Snape. Like, Mr. Potter, you know. <laughs> uh, kissing on a group date, yeah. are we? Out with the Marauder's map. Well, let's not talk <laughs> about Harry Potter. Uh, I think he thinks he's being very funny here. And I think he thinks he's being very funny in ITM when he says, I've had to initiate the peck rule and she's not happy with the peck rule. And this is your own doing here. And I think he thinks he's doing like a Seinfeldy, like, she asked me not to kiss anyone and then she wants to kiss me. And I said, no peck. <laughs> no peck, Jerry, no peck. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, and it's uh, the charms of Felix. Uh, I, I am. I have an immunity to them. Um, but uh, speaking of packing, yeah, it's time for another introduction to a woman who has been quietly waiting in the wings. Oh, for her chance to swoop in. Oh, see, I'm doing like bird jokes, like packing. Ah. Yeah, uh, it's time to check in with Lou. Who? It's like a bird. Who? <laughs> 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 Did you, have you seen that? There's a, a, a TikTok I saw this week of somebody telling a joke I really like, which which is um, I, I have a feeling that someone here may be a um, may, may actually be an owl in disguise, and then the other person says who, <laughs> and then they both just look at the camera or whatever. Very funny. Uh, anyway, we should, do it's we want joke. more tangents? It's a great joke. Lou is wearing a sundress and a bucket hat. Mm. And I saw a lot of people online comparing her to Portia from the White Lotus. Okay. Which is funny because I made that same comparison with one of the other many white blonde haired uh, yes, ladies. Yes, I remember. Was it Marjorie or was it Marnie? I'd love to tell you. I wish I could. Um, I will point out that Portia is played by an actor I really like whose name is Haley Lou Richardson. Oh. Which is a compelling argument that they may in fact be the exact same. They people. might be. Yeah. No one's ever seen them in the same room at the same time, etc. Exactly. Lou grabs Thomas, who I guess is her bachelor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. Lou's to me. <laughs> um, but then Thomas excuses himself to go to the toilet. Uh, I love this because he's not like, I'm so sorry. I will be right back. He says, like, I have to go and do a big stinky doo-doo. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. anus is loose. Right. Yeah. Something shaking around in there. Um, <laughs> while she stands on the beach holding two champagne glasses... She's given an ITM saying that she's been single for the better part of eight years. This has got to be her first ITM of the season. I think you're probably right. She gets a few in here while she's uh, saying her piece. Yes. Um, And, you know, she's ready to find her forever person, but she's not sure where she sits with Thomas. And as she sits with Thomas... Incredible, just quickly, that she's saying her piece while he's doing his poos. Uh, they sit down together and he says his neck is a bit weird. He's having trouble with his posture or something. And so they like shuffle back and forth trying to figure out where to sit. So the cameras can catch both of them and get the right angles. And it's, it's very uncomfortable. It feels deliberate. I think uh, if, if not on Thomas's part, then at least it's very deliberately all left in the edit. Yes. Of them being like, yeah, yeah, I'm just shuffling. Yeah. Lou finally gets her chance to ask. I just wanted to get an idea of how you feel towards me. Oh, no. Because I just feel like I don't know where I stand. And Thomas replies in a deeply normal way. 
in a way that doesn't raise any red flags about how he talks to people or about what planet he's from <laughs> or anything like that. He starts by saying, thank you for asking this question. <laughs> Which the only way I can interpret that, a very yeah. weird thing to say, the only way I can interpret it is like, thank God I didn't have to start this conversation. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. thank you for You've bringing initiated up this. the topic of the fact that I don't like you. Yeah. He, but he, it's not, the map ahead of him is not that simple. Yeah. He says, where, where, oh, sorry, I have to do the voice. Where, where am I at? Um, I really like you. Like since day one, since I met you, I was just so surprised with what, how beautiful of a person, of a woman you are. That's great. You're doing a really good job. And that just really got me. I have a really strong connection to you. Like it's a really strong connection, but it's, it's, it's. Something that, uh, I don't know. It's not going like beyond the friendship is what I feel. And that's where it's at. Pretty bad. That <laughs> pretty bad shit. It's just woeful from, from this man. Lou ITMs, it sucks. But she walks away with her head held high. Imagine sending someone home on a group date. Yeah, pretty bad. I will say, however, this is not actually the last we see of Lou. No. So imagine, yes, of course, imagine sending her home on a group date, awful. But imagine t- breaking up with someone on a group date and then doing what he does, which is to continue stringing her along and make her go to the rose ceremony. That's fucked up. It's so fucked up. It's obscene. I mean, it's it's unbelievably callous. It really shows to me the level of casual disrespect that Thomas shows for his fellow human beings. Yeah. And I can see that in his professional career. Because I think he views people as... Uh, potential... Uh, these are transactional relationships. Right, yes. Maybe that's not how he feels about every single person in the world. Or no, no, no. In life. fact, I'm certain that he thinks that he loves every single person in the world, or he sure. doesn't, but he, yeah. the depth to which that, that love can extend is limited based on, I think, like, I don't know, his id. Yeah. Um, it is an extremely strong and very unsubtle message that Thomas is sending here, but yes, she is not gone for good just yet. Back to Bella, who ITMs. I think I am the first person in Bachelor history to get to the top four without getting a proper kiss. Yeah. I could really use a pash right now. Now, I think this is true. Um, it would take a really long time for me to check, and I didn't. Um, I don't have a record of all the kisses that have like taken place. That's probably true. It feels true. Um, although, obviously, it's a technicality, right? Like, it's not quite the top four because there's still, like, 13 women left. Yeah. Um, She's but, in the top four of Jed, though. Right. And I, I think, like, outside of the Bachelor history at all, of it all, it really is telling and 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 it's truly bonkers that this yes. is how this season has shaken yes. out, right? Like, let's take a second. Jed's top four right now are Elysia, his extremely obvious winner pick. Yes. Courtney and Angela, both of whom were only really entertained as a prospect within the last, like, couple of episodes. Uh-huh. And Bella, who we're, like, focusing on for the first time here. Right now. They have not bothered with any of the other, like, maybe Tash... All these other people who have been eliminated. Cash was definitely there, but then like Lou is Thomas's version of this. Right. It's just such bad storyline producing for Jed. Like they've really dropped the ball. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But Bella is being hyped up by a few of the women to go and try for a kiss with Jed. Sure. So she decides to give it another proper crack. She walks up to him and says, I have to say, because everybody's psyching me up and I wanted to say it before, but we got interrupted. I really want to pass you. Alicia really wants me to pass you. Angela wants me to kiss you. And he shuts her down. He says, I'm just not ready yet. And he's very clear. 
And she says, can I ask what it is? Because it's fucking driving me bananas. Yeah. And Jed says, it's, it's just, it's a lot sometimes. Total reboot with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos. And if I went to a girl and said, I need to kiss you. And she said, I'm just not there yet. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's just certain stages of certain things that have certain timing. Makes sense. I wouldn't want to do something if it was dishonest just because I felt pressured to do it. And she adds, well, I don't want to put pressure on you. I think this is fine. Yeah. He, he adds, we peck on the lips more than anybody else. To which she says, yeah, I peck everyone on the lips though. That's the thing. And so it, this has become, become this big enigma. Yeah. And we get very exhausted ITMs from her saying, what the fuck does that mean? And, you know, she's trying to work out what signal, even though I think he is being fairly clear. He's being very, very clear, but she, I think she's trying to work it out in context of, but he kissed Angela on the blind date and yeah. he kissed Alicia on the blind yeah, date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does that mean for me? Right. So Jed apologizes that the timing hasn't worked out. And then she says, well, then you take your time, but don't take too long, but take your time, but don't take super long. I mean that, like, not super seriously, but, you know, I'm glad that we had the chat. It's he, great. Yeah, he excuses himself to go to the bathroom. She looks down the barrel of the camera and mouths, what the fuck? Mm. Um, I feel like if this were, my personal opinion anyway on this, is if it were a normal situation and we weren't in The Bachelor, yeah. this would be not extremely good behavior. Mm. Like, I feel like she is putting a bit too much or, or, or more pressure on this or on him. Mm than I would like to see, mm. generally speaking. I think, like, um, you know, he's pretty clearly stated his boundaries and, and there's not much good to come of pushing back on that, really. Yeah. Um, however, within the confines of this show, uh, you can understand how exhausted and bored and dejected and everything that's going through her mind of being completely ignored while she's on this dating show that is, like... Kissing, yeah. kissing is the currency. Yeah. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody's coming back and talking about their dates and that kind of thing. Like, she's just trying to do what is happening on the show. Exactly this. Uh, but, yeah, it does feel a tiny bit murky. It's not my favorite moment from Bella. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's tough to watch somebody shoot their shot and just... And get shot down. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, rose ceremony, not too much to say, really. Big Gail, Leah, and Courtney are safe. And the roses go like this. Felix picks Tilly. Jed picks Alicia. Thomas picks Lauren. Felix picks Jess. Jed picks Angela. Thomas picks Kiki. Felix picks Crystal. Jed picks Bella. And Thomas picks Jasmine. So it's farewell to Lou. Sweet Lou. Thomas has a smug little look on his face as he does this, which I hate. Mm, and I, Thomas has always got a smug little look on his face. That may be true. Yeah, that may just be resting smug. Resting smug face is something that Thomas is guilty of. Yeah. Um, and Lou says goodbye to everybody um, as they all call out, we love you, Lou. If I were Lou, I would be pretty fucking angry about this whole experience. Of course. Um, down to this absolute joke of a rose ceremony that right. fully didn't have to happen. Yeah. Seems to have been designed just to waste her time. Uh, as has, you know, I could imagine her thinking that this entire experience being like, why am I here? What the fuck was that for? Of course. Um, I hope she's doing well. She was the first person to say it's a lot on this season. Oh, she was. So I hope that maybe Abby invites her onto her show or something. I don't know. That'd be nice for Lou. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, if if my assumption is correct and she said it as a, as a dog whistle to the Abby uh, community... Um, then I hope she's richly rewarded for it. Sick. 
Um, and if not, she can come on our podcast. Lou, welcome to the consolation prize. What's up? Uh, yes. So uh, Lou entered this season with 340 followers on Instagram, and she is leaving with 559. Fabulous. A gain of just 219. Really good for her. And that is Worth all I have it. on that episode. So let's talk about the one we just watched. I am so excited to talk to you about The Bachelors Australia Season 10, Episode 9. Osha enters the batch pad. He talks about going to bed at night, cuddling up next to his wife for some reason. I love this. This is the like uh, Kirk Van Houten, Homer Simpson. I sleep in a racing car. <laughs> right. I sleep in a big, wi- a big wife with my bed. Yeah, I sleep in a big wife with my bed. Mm-hmm. Do you? Look, this is the most staged boys chat Hopefully. of yeah. the season. So Osha's there solely to bring the boys into conversation. Mm-hmm. He's setting the agenda, asking where the boys are at on their journey. Oh, good. And this would all be so unnecessary because he's getting nothing from them. Yeah. Were it not for this from Thomas, who says to the group... <laughs> when Max is about to do the impression, he uh, assumes the position and he does the little fucking grin and he makes... Perfect eye contact with me. I don't think you blink while you do it. It's all part of the character. I'm in love with multiple women. The reality is I see myself with multiple women. He says every night I'm struggling to go to sleep. Every night I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need to hear that. Fucking okay, Jess. You know what I mean? Before he then continues in confessional, he says... I'm in love with multiple women, and I'm absolutely stoked. Yeah. So he's in love. He's in love with multiple women. That's like the peak, right? This is the peak of how you can do this on The Bachelor, and it is incredible that one of these women isn't Jess. Yeah, true. Phenomenal. And he says, and Lauren, who I'll be seeing today, is definitely very high up on that list. Which is flabbergasting. Lauren, who we have seen for all of six seconds on the TV. she No, she had a single date with him. She did have a single date, right? Yeah. But the, the whole point of the single date was that they went in the pool when Felix and Tilly were making That's out. That's true. Leah, I say they had a single date. They barely did, to be honest. <laughs> yes. So their next single date. Oh, you, oh you, we also have Felix being like, what I would give to be in love with three women right now. Oh, yeah. Which is like, I, I don't understand what your perspective on open relationships is. This is the other part of it, right? Where you're just like, I, are you in love with three women? Could you be in love with three women? Yeah. So mm. you believe that it's possible, but you're ideologically but not opposed, for I you. Guess. Right. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Or not for someone who's also in love with you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Anyway, this single date that uh, Thomas and Lauren. Mm-hmm. Torrance. Oh, like The Shining. Jack Lawrence. Lawrence. Loris? Lawrence. Loris. Loris. Okay. The single date that Loris are on is at a vineyard, but we do not see any amount of wine consumed. This bothered me a lot. Yeah. A lot, because they teased us last time with the gin. Nothing happened. They're at a vineyard, but they're still drinking fucking other stuff. Right. Instead, what happens is that Thomas approaches a small strewn box and says, it looks like a picnic, right? It is... <laughs> but not your usual picnic no, box. I think your grandmummy's picnic. It has inside all the ingredients to make a spicy margarita. Right. We talked a lot, you and I, about couples with chemistry on this season. Oh, yeah. 
We've talked about the sexual chemistry between Felix and Tilly. Uh huh. Palpable. We've talked about the chemistry between Jed and Alicia. Jumps off the screen. Even on that first date, Thomas and Kiki. Yeah. Abigail and Felix had chemistry on their first date. Definitely. Yeah. Right? Are you ready for this? Mm Mm-hmm. She says, do you love making cocktails? Are you passionate about it? And Thomas says, I love drinking them. And Lauren says, so do you like them tasting good? (laughs) Yeah. We get a flamenco guitar. Then we get silly strings. Mm -hmm. This is a cacophony of sound smashed together. Yeah. Thomas struggles to make the cocktail. He fucks it up. None of it is much of anything, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, this doesn't matter. No. But we cut straight away because it is suddenly Tilly time. Right, exactly. Yes. Felix and Tilly are on a date. Felix repeats his mantra from a few episodes ago in ITM saying, the aim for today is to just go out, have some fun, and to not fall into that physical makeout session. Right. He's he's plagued. He's trapped. He's tortured. We've seen this before from Felix. He doesn't know how to go about his life without making out with Tilly. These desires are driving him wild. It's the beating of the hideous heart, you know? It's, uh, yeah, his, his brain fogs over. Right, right, she's exactly. Around, you know? Yes, and so we're back on a go-kart track. We're back on a go-kart track, who can say? Back on track. Back on track. I hit the sack. Listening to dubstep and going around and smashing into Tilly. Mostly what we do when we talk mm. about cars going fast is we do the Charlie XCX reference. So we did an ACDC one this time. I think we're, you know. Thank you. You know what? We're catering to all demographics. Right. Young and also uh, people who shouldn't be listening to the podcast. Slam What's in up? the back of my Dragula. I'm trying to hit another one there. The Rob Zombie heads. Oh, we love... Hey, listeners, if you love Rob Zombie, jump into the Bachelor of Hearts Ospo... What? What is it called? Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. Why do we make it so difficult to say? Not sure. Just post Rob Zombie. Yeah, just picture of Rob and your favorite condiment. That'd be really good. And if you can find a picture of Rob Zombie eating a condiment, (laughs) you win the grand prize. Right. So what happens here is that Felix Mario's his cart into (laughs) Tilly. Yeah. And in ITM, he says, I think me and Tilly needed a good bang so it's good to get that out of the system pretty funny the conspiracy that i raised in the previous episode was that they may have already bung yeah i remember you talking about that i don't think it's true now i also don't think it's true i think they would like or the the producer of the show would have liked it if it happened or would like us to think that it might have happened or whatever however i i also want to say uh the driving just in case we veer away from this, uh-huh. the driving on this date, my fucking driving instructor Maria would be absolutely Maria would just about be shitting herself here. right yeah. now, yeah. right? And speaking of the driving, I personally think Wait, that I just had a thought. Maria cart. I'm going to tell her about that next lesson. Anyway, go on. I personally think that Felix's decision to use the exploding blue shiny shell <laughs> was a bit egregious, but look. Uh, DK's Jungle Parkway is a tough course. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, man. This is it. Both of oh, them. Is that the one where they throw the little coconuts at you? Uh, yeah, it is. In yeah, fact, they throw fair. the little cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you sometimes you get a little banani. Yeah, well, of course, yes. An avocado. <laughs> really? I've been playing. I got bananas and avocado. Anyway, uh, look, so both of them are claiming to have won this race. Sure, there's a big squabble over it. There's a big it. squabble over this. Tilly says, hang on, I win. Did she say I win? I believe this is to be 
completely true. <laughs> like I would, I really held on to this as mm. a uh, as an important point of reference for this episode. You have no notes after this. That's, <laughs> That's it. You put your phone all down. we're discussing yeah. from this point is grammar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we suddenly cut away to this like total tonal shift, where Tilly in confessional says, "I feel like he's not reciprocating the amount of." physical touch that I am right. giving yeah. that was really off. And for me, this came out of the blue. Like, I don't think the show did a good job of setting this up. What do you think? I think I agree in the sense that, like, I wouldn't necessarily expect an incredibly large amount of physical touch to be happening on the go-karting day. Right, exactly. Like, he's physically touching his go-kart with her go-kart. Right. They try. I think they try and sprinkle in a little bit of supportive evidence as she's saying that or like directly after it or whatever sure. where like it's very easy to pull a clip of them standing apart from each other because people are not literally always touching each other but it even felt if they're incredibly emotionally yes close yes you know? but yes i agree i don't know if you know th- this is of course the narrative and the storyline or whatever i don't know if it's necessarily there yeah and so now we're back at the picnic date and look there's not that much that's worth recapping that happens here between thomas and lauren up until the final few moments. Thomas we, Thomas is sure, he's certain that he will be proposing. This is so funny, right? We get right down to the nitty-gritty, and Thomas is basically sizing up Lauren's appetite for a proposal. On Which is this good. I want to say, like, if the vibe is Thomas asking the contestants how they feel about marriage and being proposed to by him is low-key goaded when okay. getting proposed to in one or two weeks is the vibe. Love this. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a lot to get at that out. You got there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's important to be down with the children. Mm-hmm. So here is what he says. He says, at the end of this, there is going to be a proposal, mm-hmm. which is fucked. That's a wild way to say that, huh? There is. In fact, he says there's going to be a proposal happening. Right. It's something that's happening to him. Right, Which, exactly. of course, is true. Right, it, it is being idea. completely put upon him by the show, and now he's like, I am doing it. Yeah. Which gives you everything that you need to know about the mental makeup of this man, mm. I think. He says, I'm going to be on one knee. I know the feeling is there. How do you feel? I just want to pause. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like he is saying to her, I am proposing to someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it is. It doesn't really matter, honestly, at this point. How would you feel if I proposed to you? What if it were you? Yeah. Imagine that. And would that be cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is not so to me. But he's also, it's very interesting the way that he expresses it because he thinks, he can't hide the fact that he thinks it's irrational. Right. He says, like, um, there, there's going to be a proposal that happens and um, there's a chance that it might be you. Isn't that crazy? And she right. goes, it is crazy. And he goes, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, it's the most, hey, I just met you and this is crazy, yeah. but here's my engagement ring, so marry me <laughs> right. maybe, that this show has ever been. Yeah. But like, what do you do in this situation if you're Lauren? Like, well, yeah, either it's like, send me home right now, or it's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so Lauren's response is really interesting. She says, I want to move forward with the future in mind. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say yes, unless I could imagine you being in my life for the rest of my life. That seems rational. But she says it enthusiastically. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so I think this is the right way to play it if you are Lauren. Yeah. You're buying yourself more time. To me, that feels like it's like, I'm calling you a bluff. Like, yeah. are you going to fucking do this thing? Like, let's fucking see it. You know? Let's just... Like, get down on one knee, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, in ITM, Thomas says, Lauren is intriguing me in so many ways. 
Yeah. But, like, you and I were joking throughout this segment as mm. we were watching it about the complete lack of TV chemistry that they have, and I do not feel it. It's a surprisingly low-key conversation considering yeah. how absolutely massive the stakes are. She's like, oh, maybe we've met our match. And he's like, yeah, I think we might have. Yeah. And then she goes, that's what we've done. And then he goes, so, yeah, it's perfect. And then it's like, yeah, good. Cool. We might as well fucking shake hands at the end of it. <laughs> right, Exactly. It's like s- it's staggering. This just feels transactional in the weirdest, most TV way. And it is why that I, hmm, conspiracy corner. Oh, please. I'm starting to think that Lauren might be the pick. Oh, interesting. I think Lauren might get proposed to at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, ju- just judging from this, like she had a good opportunity to tell him not to, you know. Tell him or- not to. And he's also saying, I might propose to you. And yeah. he's giving her that, whether it's false hope or genuine hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has not said that to Leah that we know. He has not said that to Kiki. He has not said that to, what's her name? Jasmine. Mm. Yeah. Let's let's wait and see. I'm I'm still leaning slightly towards him and Leah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's this scene pre- presents a compelling case. Next, we have a Jed date with Alicia. Sure. Very short-lived. They are, it's very short. They climb up the big tower. Frankly, I would argue not particularly necessary. I think... Oh, none of this is matters. The deck is already so stacked. In, st- stacked none in of this is matters and the deck is so stacked. It's, you, every so often <laughs> you slip voice. into Thomas' voice and yeah. it's hard to get out of. I think, like, uh, we get it with them, right? It's like, yeah, that's who's going to pick. The, don't throw us another single date, actually. You know? I don't need it because, like, I'm also not learning anything here. Like, no. Jed's in the same way as it was... When he was on the roller coaster, Jed's anus is protruding <laughs> a literal ton of bricks, and yeah. he hates this. Yeah, which is, I, I will admit, I like the running joke, but yes. again, it's just like, yeah, you've hit the go, you've hit the you've funny hit the button mark, again, right? Yeah? And he says, "I'm not being cool, Jed, in this situation." Oh yeah, he's this is a, this I'm not is, being impressive. That's kind of an insight into him, though, right? Yeah, it's like he seems very, you know, one of his eccentricities is that he's occupied with. Um, I mean, everybody's occupied with how they're being perceived, but I would say that, well, except maybe Felix. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, he, he wants to be impressive. He wants yeah. to be seen as uh, a working musician who is a thoughtful songwriter and creative person and artistic and exciting and All that kind of thing. All these things, and so yes. That's why, I mean, the contrast is why we feel this relationship working between him and Alicia is because yes. Alicia is seeing him when that stuff is not, the primary focus. Right. And she's like, cool. Yeah. I she's love, still interested. I love this pants shitting man. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. It's really lovely it's nice. in that it's way. It's really nice. Because like with Peace and Love, uh, in which situations are you being cool, impressive, Jed? According to, I don't know. Well, the we don't find it very cool when he plays drums in the forest or whatever. Right. Right. right yeah. Exactly. But I know? think he thinks that's his. That's exactly cool. right. Yeah. 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 And in the same way that we talked about how not everyone's suffering is relatively, not everyone's perception of cool is relative either. Right. Anyway, whatever. Jed says to her, I can see myself falling in love with you. Hey, he said it. Climbing not only up the weird building that he lives in, but oh, also up the ladder yeah. of batchy semantics. Yeah, yeah. So they're climbing up the building, the actual building. Yeah. And it, I think, is one of the co- taller buildings in Queensland. Maybe it's, it's the tallest building. Who can say? It's extremely fucked, and I don't like it. I've talked long about this for many years in our podcast. Heights can go, can take a hike. Heights. Take a hike. Yeah. Gesundheit. Uh, <laughs> very brave of them to do this for absolutely no reason. Right. I guess there's some kind of deal they made with somebody. 
Like they're yeah. staying in that building, so they're like, you have to show off all the things you can do with the building or something, maybe, or I don't know. Very hard to say. Yeah. Tour Queensland, everybody. Yeah, go for it. Have fun. Felix and Tilly are back at the manch, and we have cut sound for a serious conversation. If this relationship is going to go anywhere, it has to be more than just kissing, or at least that's what Felix says in confessional. Right. What do you think, Xavier? Is it a handjob? <laughs> yeah. At least some, like, uh, over-the-clothes stuff, you know? Yeah. Just some, some padding. Is that what they call it? Heavy I've padding. Found that phrase to be quite horrific. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it means petting zoo to me. Yes. You yeah. Know? It has an animal feeling to it. Mm. And now I've said it on my podcast. Anyway, look, Tilly now says, normally we can't keep our hands off each other, but today I feel like you're being a bit reserved. What's running through your mind? Mm. And Felix says, I don't want to fall back on me just thinking about the physical side of things. He's a root rat. We've talked about it. We've talked about Felix being a root rat, but this is interesting. He says, this is a compliment, but it sounds not like a compliment. But the physical connection we have is so strong. You are so my type, and I want to see if there's more there. Then he talks about how if it was six months ago, they'd be dating instantly, which is weird that he doesn't think that this is what they're doing right now. Right, yeah. He says this thing where he's like, you know, the 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 Felix of six months ago, this would have been exactly my... You know, this is something he re- reiterates throughout this episode. I and guess so we'll talk more about it later on. But. The show's trying to show us a growth narrative. I don't know if I believe it. Anyway, he says, the physical is there. Can we delve deeper? This is to camera, by the way. Yeah. The physical is there with Tilly, but the emotional connection I'm experiencing with some of the other girls is something that I am starting to value more. Mm. I'm not feeling much of an emotional connection with Tilly. It's pretty wild. It is a bit. Like, uh, I love that this is what he is coming to. He's having the insight about himself and his feelings and stuff, which means that he's thinking about it, which is good. Which is fantastic, but he's also articulating it in such a weird way. Yeah, and I think the... End result. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go off about it. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah. So what's happening here and what I've cribbed from the conversation because this was fast and we're recording just after the episode ended. Yeah. Felix says, that nurturing connection is something that I want. Okay, sure. fucking Oedipus. Yeah, interesting. Um, Maybe talk to your mum. Tilly says, do you not think that I have that? Which I think is combative and weird in its own way. Yeah, a little bit. Although, like, it is, like, I can understand if you hear your partner or the person you're dating or whatever saying that then you're like well yeah but you haven't you know yeah i i'm not one thing i'm not i'm not one thing exactly that and felix and tilly i think equally or both to some extent have been willing to reduce it to whatever that one thing is in whatever that way is Mm. so felix says i think we can get there but everything has been sex orientated where do you think we're at with the emotional side of things if you were to take away the physical, which is up here, and he sort of gestures up there, mm-hmm. how would you size it up? And so Tilly, in what I think is a pretty Frankenbitten sort of confessional, mm. says, I just don't think because I... I just don't know. There's got to be more to those sentences. Yeah, I agree. But then we hear from Felix and ITM and he says, if I can't burrow down and find the emotional connection, there's not much point pushing forward. We break for commercial and for me to go piss girl. Do you mean right now? No. Oh, I see. 
I did at the time. I remember, actually, yeah. You recall. Thank you. It was you. a long commercial break, and you did a perfectly timed piss. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've always prided myself on the time of my pisses, <laughs> and um, this was a really good one. Yeah. The marathon, not a sprint. There's a boys' chat now. Sure. Which results in this weird game of telescope. And honestly, what happens here... Oh, right. I remember this. Yeah. They decide, they quote unquote decide that they're going to have dinner with the women, mm. um, which, by the way, takes place at like probably 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, they decide, quote unquote, that it's too messy at the batch pad for them to have them over there, a place that I guarantee. T. None of them have lifted a finger to clean, and Ever. they have a they have a, they have a hired staff. It's a hotel. It's a hotel. Someone anyway. comes through at fucking eleven thirty every morning. Seems actually kind of weirdly rude and combative towards the staff of people who are there to facilitate. <laughs> anyway, so they a fucking dump. Decide they're going to invite themselves to the bachelor mansion, which, yeah. by the way, they can go there. They'd be happy to see them. They don't have to try and of do some work around but anyway this is a fun little moment especially if you don't think about the mechanics of it too much yeah where they uh you know inspired by slash completely ripped off from whoever that blonde woman was holding up a sign on the previous episode that yeah. said take me for a date yeah they've decided to invite themselves to the women's house so that they can eat their food <laughs> from their probably somewhat meager uh, ration, you know, their food budget or whatever. Right, right. Um, and the way they do it is stand in front of the telescope, presumably for many hours until one of the women starts looking through the telescope <laughs> up at them and uh, hold up pieces of paper that they've scribbled on that say, do you know Dinner? question mark? Yeah. So, look, this was great for me because it allowed me to finish recapping all the things that I had missed so far. <laughs> yeah. I'm really happy that you made notes about this. Oh, yeah. But what happened here is that it just turned into the red wedding of bachelors, didn't it? This whole group date where they go over for dinner, like, it's basically this like takes up most three of the, entire the rest of the episode, women I think, right? are going home. And we've never seen this before on the series, A.B. Right, three whole women going home? The thing that has been happening for most of the episodes up to the last Simply couple? Simply has not happened, and the women are there shocked There are truly, like, aghast reactions to this. Like, <gasps> but it's like, that feels like what should have been happening the whole time, Exactly, right? right? each of them, and, you know, this is a regret that I, I have... Well, not a regret, because I have nothing to do with it, but, like... You regret it. Something that frustrates me about this season is we did end up getting very clearly delineated groups... This is Felix's women. This is Jed's women. This yep. is Thomas's women. Yep. And there was one swap, and I don't see any more happening. No, there's not. Whereas, like, the whole thing was predicated on, like, oh, but it'll be the interesting this time because they can all shift around and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Never really ended up happening mm, very mm. much. But uh, uh, what should have been happening every episode is each each one of them sends home one of their women. Exactly. And we keep the numbers even, and that makes sense. One of them swapped one time, threw them off a little bit. One of them took off one time, threw them off a little bit. I understand yep. these things uh, happen. Two of them were collateral damage. Who can say? Sure. But that's, yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's been chaos the entire time. Right, exactly. And so what happens here is that Bella is the person who becomes the life of the party. Yeah. She's so good. She strikes in these me as moments. someone who is extremely good in these situations she in her real life. She's a great hang as well. Yeah, yeah. Confident, capable encourages everyone to cheers to good sex and always doing better than our ex. Yeah. Before she then leads the group in a game of never have I ever. Yeah. This is interesting. And it, it's like, I know that a producer decided that this should happen, but because it's Bella, it seems like something that she it's would so do. It's so authentic. And because it's not like I've brought out a small ornate chest that contains little handwritten notes or whatever. Fucking, okay, Leah. 
well, that's a good point, actually. But yeah, I was thinking about the the Buller banquet. The Buller banquet the... in in the Bachelor in Paradise. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's usually more deliberately structured, and so you can see the strings a bit more. Right. Whereas here, I didn't think about how some of these questions were probably inserted or asked to be asked. Exactly. Right. You know? And so when she asks, "Is anyone thinking of doing a honey badger?" Right. I go. It's pretty natural. That's funny. It is funny, and for people who have not seen the show. Sure. Uh, in, in the past, what happened is that there was this man called the Honey Badger. Mm-hmm. Not an actual Honey Badger, although easy mistake to make. It is. Because uh, he did eat a lot of ants, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. He came on the season, he ate a lot of ants, and then he ended up picking nobody mm. at the end, which was a f- huge fucking letdown, because the show's called The Bachelor. Right, it was a big deal. Yes. Anyway, uh, Felix then starts to opine to the women. He says, it was probably evident to everyone that when I came to this, I was not ready. When mm. I came in, I just, I didn't have it. You know, I was not ready for a relationship. Strange. But now... Strange thing to admit. Things have changed. Uh-huh. I'm lucky enough to have gone through this, which is dating on steroids, where now I feel confident enough to be able to say that I'm ready for a relationship. Yeah. My brother, you are through nine episodes <laughs> of this show, which probably means that you have been in that match for like... Six, eight weeks? Tops, yeah. And you are now realizing that you are ready for a relationship? <laughs> yeah. We got four episodes to go after this. I have some thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just ready for a like Imagine being ready for a wedding. Yeah. Well, it's just like, how, how did you do this? How did you know, get him to this I show? Know. It's so funny. And he says confidently, I'm not going to do a honey badger. Yep. Thomas doesn't know who honey badger is, which Thomas made is me like, go what crazy. Is man? What is... I love gold. <laughs> you love, like, <laughs> conflating Thomas and Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. No, I'm doing gold member. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Again, it's just like, I used to think, and I, it's probably a deliberate choice on, oh, yeah. on this season, but we, we used to talk about how they prepared The Bachelor too much. Yes. And, you know, from the very first season, Richie Strong Over, over-edited. Got smoothed out. They took all the kinks out. He had a personality and they decided to get rid of it. And he only said the things that you expected a bachelor to say. Exactly. And that was bad. I think they've gone too far in the opposite direction. Oh. Where um, they've cast people who seemingly don't get what the bachelor is. Oh, for me, this is the best. Right. Okay. Well, I, I don't hate it, but it is. it makes me go crazy a little bit. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because we are expecting an amount of like, we're going to go on a boat this week. Yeah, you know, or uh, we're going to be I don't in two need to vehicles be a boat every where we yeah, yeah, exactly. But I feel like it would it would do them well on this season where a lot of it is about breaking the fourth wall, breaking the patterns of the show, and that kind of thing. Yeah, for the leads to actually rather than be sort of puppety, like unaware of what's going on or whatever, for them to be in on the joke too, in a way, and for them to be like, um, you know, uh, I didn't actually make this high tea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly necessarily what I'm looking for, but it just yeah, feels. Yeah. To a certain extent, I think that the person who is most in on the joke is Felix, and maybe that is where I am at. But I do hate Felix, though. Yeah, that he's the most redeemed. Mm. You know, Um, I take that back. (laughs) I take it right back. Put those words back in my mouth, and I will swallow them right now, live on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's not the most redeemed, but what I will say is that when you view it through that lens, you can be like, okay, I understand how this is funny. Jed and Thomas, I feel like, are being taken advantage of more by the show because they are not the stand-up bachelor that you expect the show to deliver. I think Thomas is. You do? Yeah. 
interesting. I think he sucks for his own reasons, but yeah. I don't think it's really part of the narrative. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's true. Mm. Like, but then also I think Thomas is so gullible. I don't think the show is has ever cast a man as gullible as Thomas. I think Felix might be more gullible though. Oh, that's really, really interesting. Mm. We'll talk. Um, so next we hear Jed saying this for some reason. These are the most interesting glasses I've ever seen in my life. Oh, right. Yeah, he's fascinated by them. So what's going on with these glasses? We talked about at the top of the episode. What's happening here? They had the same glasses for nine years in Sydney, right? Yes. They're the classic red Waterford crystal ruby glasses that I have an eBay alert set up for. And Certainly. And losing various auctions to get some <laughs> for my own uh, in a healthy way. Um, <laughs> but then for the first eight episodes of this season, they had very generic clear glass champagne flutes. Right. And now they have a whole other new one. Right, exactly. Someone has been like, oh, these are no good. Yeah, but it's like there's three episodes left or whatever. It's fucking wild. Like sometimes in my life... Somebody's trying to claim it back on tax or something, right? Right, this is what... Yes, exactly. Sometimes in my life I'll get a new piece of like crockery. Mm Mm-hmm. No one is making a whole comment about it in an episode. No one's like, Max <laughs> Quinn, that's a really nice new pot that you own. Yeah, you haven't mentioned my new um, Avatar The Way of Water mug <laughs> that I was yeah. drinking out of on our previous podcast episode. Do you know, I think that I saw it and mm-hmm. I was like, that makes sense. And then I said <laughs> nothing. It's true. It's not worth remarking on, really. Anyway, so Jed's remarking on these glasses. I think everyone listening to this podcast kind of just assumes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. And they also are right to assume that I'm dressed in full head-to-toe blue Navi outfit with the loincloth. At and, all uh, times. You know, and I've told you about the loincloth, but I think that you know, if it makes you happy, then it can't be that bad. Yeah, it's in one out, it's in one ear and out the other with me. I, I, nothing will stop me. Uh, Thomas and Leah are talking about going on a detox to get all of the heavy metals out. <laughs> yeah, I heard this too. This is so funny. This is just some good, like we captured this background audio and wanted to toss it in somewhere. It needs to go in yeah. right at this moment. Yeah. Um, I had to do a heavy metal detox too after like high school. I started listening to yeah. really okay, broadening great. out yeah, my yeah. Yeah, music taste. I yeah never got out of my Slayer phase. <laughs> Rain and Blood, baby. And Felix and Crystal are talking about Felix and Jess. Great. Classic stuff from Crystal talking about not not having enough of an, her own narrative yeah. to, to carry her through this show. So therefore just being involved in everyone else. And so she's sort of like trying to get to the bottom of like, does Felix want to be in an open relationship? Yeah, she's kind, of pull, she's kind of pulling the... Because uh, basically Jess has been quiet since she had an entire episode about herself. Yes. Well, I don't know how quiet she's been necessarily, but we haven't heard much about we, or on the from show. Her. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Crystal is noticing that the scab is trying to heal over or whatever. And she's going, picking out a little bit and right. just going like, so actually what was the deal with all that? But what was going on there? Because it doesn't seem like anything's resolved. Right. And uh, like, it's good for Crystal yeah. to do this. And it's good for the show for this to happen. It's and definitely in a question that's in the back of our minds arguably too. Arguably it's great for Felix and for Jess they as need well. need to talk, yeah, fully. Right? To For someone to be like, no, talk about this thing. Right. Right? And so... Jess says, well, look, I would want a partner at the end of this who would be open to the possibility of an open relationship. You know how you go to a bachelorette party? She says, yeah, this thing about the hens party and they have cookies that say one dick forever on them. Yeah. Which I have not been to a hens party, so I don't know. But this sounds like the kind of thing that happens. Sure. Um, because that person is getting married the next day. Right, exactly. Or the next whenever. Or whatever. Yes. yes. Okay, and so... She's like, I'm not interested in that particular kind of biscuit. 
Right, exactly. She's like, I want more of an Anzac biscuit I would like kind to try, of situation. I would like to be, have the freedom to try different types of biscuits at different parts of my life. Exactly. You, you know? know, I want some oats here. Mm-hmm. I want some choc chips there. Sure. Maybe a little fruity one? In the... Yeah, actually, no. She biscuits. seems really straight. Actually, she seems very, very straight. So yeah. in the in in ITM, she says my ideal scenario is a monogamous relationship, but being with one person forever just freaks me out. <laughs> the, it is so frustrating with her that you know the, I, I I think we've already kind of boiled it down. Yeah, in the sense that with her, she just doesn't really want to lock into anything. Yes, and I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine too, but this is the point where I turn on Jess. It confuses everybody so much. Absolutely. The fact that she's like, listen, like, I would like to be in a monogamous relationship. It sounds nice. Also, I would like to do other types of things that also sound nice. Yes. And everyone goes, what? What do you mean? But this is the point where I'm like, Jess, that's not how everyone else thinks. I do think within the framework of this television show, yeah, she is on a short timeline with somebody who is asking a lot of questions about how this is going to work. She's a time bomb. It's time for her to start giving some answers. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, so she goes, I would like the option of exploring and just talking about that. Yeah. And that is, to me, I'm just, I'm starting to be like, Jess, what the fuck? Why are you here? Yeah. The, the only, the only bad part about it is that it's on The Bachelor. Right. You know, like this is a perfectly compatible with the world uh, approach to life uh-huh. uh, and worldview and behavior and, and everything about it seems totally fine to me, except for the fact that she it's entirely incompatible with in three firstly, weeks she might get proposed to getting proposed to by a man called Felix on the bachelor, but also seemingly incompatible with what's going on with your weird boyfriend called Damien as sure. well. Yes. That needs to be addressed too. Yeah. Like she's already in a relationship with a weird man. Yeah. Yeah. How many like, weird men do you need? How many truly? do you need for this to be <laughs> satisfying for you? How many weird men do you need? It's not about having a collection, fuck? though. It's about like um, picturing an entire life stretching out ahead of you. And she's going, and all no, of the no, different no, no, things no, no, that you no, might no, no. want. I want to fuck Damien still, but oh. I don't want to be with Damien. So what's going on with Damien's dick? It's, was, did we talk about this on the podcast? Or I was don't I texting know. you about this? I was like, that dick's got to be hitting. It's like, honestly, <laughs> there's just something happening there with Damien where it's like, yeah. so he well, talks so about... We've got to talk about Damien when Damien comes back on the show. Have you seen Damien's gram? No. Listener, friend of the podcast, Abby Butler, sent me Damien's gram this morning. Mm-hmm. It is an experience. Yeah. Okay. you got to go there. Well, that'll be some background research and we'll be recording an episode in another 12 hours or yeah, so, so. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We will be saying good Damien at that time. So next, Abigail gets involved. Big Gail says, Jess used the phrasing where if she was on a work trip to Brisbane and she met someone, she might want to be able to explore that. Yeah. I think Big Gail gets it. Yeah. Personally. And I think she is trying to translate. Like, this is the same function that she served in the previous, like, big discussion where Jess's yeah. uh, relationship is the main topic or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I like it from Big Gale, but also, like, uh, it's kind of a shame that there's not a huge amount of other stuff going on with her. Right, right, exactly. As an interpreter, you know? Yeah. Like, I, for me, it felt like she was trying to, in at this time, raise it in a way that was like, I need to make this clear to you. Yeah. This girl wants to fuck other men. Yeah. Do you think, yeah, do you think it's an act of sabotage in that way? That That's how it seems like you're framing it. Oh, I don't think it's an act of sabotage. Hmm. I think it's an act of, like, pragmatism. Hmm. You know what I mean? Where, like, she's been like, 
This man Felix does not understand yeah. what is being said here because he's saying monogamy and also is seemingly saying like, and I can convince her of that. Yeah, I think so. And she's saying, no, whenever she goes to Brisbane, she's going to try and fuck some dude mm. if she meets some cool dude. Mm-hmm. Or she doesn't even, she do, she sort of, yeah, she backs off from saying that she wants to do that, but she, true, she true, says true. that. I shouldn't say that the merit, yeah, yeah. But she says that she wants to allow herself to want that, mm. you know, like. Uh, and so this is, this is where it comes. Yeah. So Crystal then in confessional says she's kind of witchy. She reels you in, but it sounds like what she's saying is she wants to have all of the fun in the world and fuck half of Brisbane. Yeah. Which is not the vibe that I That's got. not. Exactly how I felt about it either. I don't think Ab- uh, Abigail or Jess wants to mm. fuck half of Brisbane. No, I mean I've been there, and you know, there's there's good good parts. Yeah, look, there's a certain amount of Brisbane that you'd fuck, but I don't. Sure. Know, yeah, look, I would uh, fuck probably most of the West End. Brisbane got rid of Eagle Junction. Can you believe this shit? Uh, oh, really? It was a whole suburb that they just got rid of. Huh. Unfuckable it, now. Did it go somewhere else? No, no. I think it got absorbed into some other sub. Yeah, right. It's a sub sub. If you want to think about it that way. We found it really hard to find... Uh, is it Noodlebox? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. It used to be everywhere. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't Same find as Pie Face. Oh, well, Pie Face, you can, you know... Pie Face, you can find anywhere, really. No, I don't think so anymore. Oh. Well, I don't need Pie Face in my life, really. At least not... If you've been to a Noodlebox or a Pie Face recently, what I want you to do is jump in the uh, Bachelor What's your Pie Face condiment ketchup posting group mm. and just post Noodlebox or Pie Face... <laughs> doesn't matter which one. We'll start a poll. How about that? That's great. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Jess says, look, if Felix were to say to me that I couldn't have sex with someone in Brisbane, hypothetically, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be a deal breaker now. Mm. But, but it if might it happens again one. and again, yeah. my partner can't be happy for me and my happiness. And then maybe it would be a deal breaker. Mm. And this is where I really sour on Jess. It feels manipulative. Manipulative of whom? Of Felix? Because I think she's talking hypothetically, so I don't really know who she's manipulating. It feels manipulative of... And it is an ITM, Mm. but it feels manipulative of Felix. It feels manipulative of Damien. Like, it feels like... It just feels, like, uncomfortable for me. It's too complicated for you. Yeah, Mm. yeah, in a way that I, I just feel like... Be straightforward. I understand that these things can be fluid, but like... It's a communication you're problem. You're not communicating... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I Thank think Big Gail yes. boils it down really well where she says, if Felix wants a monogamous relationship, mm. then Jessica Navin should go home. Fuck Which yeah. I think is basically the long and short of it. Yes. You know? Like, it, he, he has, uh, you know, he has been willing to entertain hypotheticals and trying to gather more information yeah. and that kind of thing up to this point. Yeah. But I don't sense that this is actually something that he willingly wants to pursue. Yeah. In my opinion, he's kind of playing the long game. He um, is trying to convince her, like to try and talk her out of it or whatever. Yeah. But also maybe trying to convince himself or, yes, you know, may, I don't, I, I don't think that he is like, uh, earnestly hoping to change his own mind necessarily. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. But I think he... But he's trying to be like, mm, maybe... He's hearing her out. Yeah. Um, to the degree that he can. But yeah, I, I agree that it's just like, this is not what this is about, you know? Yeah, yeah I don't exactly. think he's going to end up picking her. So like, what are we doing? Bingo. So, Osher is back. 
And he's back to drop bombs. He's fucking walked in in the middle of nowhere and everybody's shit themselves. Right, everybody has shit themselves? Because if you see Osha and you weren't expecting him... Absolute shit everywhere. That's this is pure shit terror. town. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of pants shitting talk on this episode. Heaps. Mm. So... These are the shit bombs that he drops, okay? <laughs> he does this little, like, oh, don't act so sad to see me. Why are you so sad funny. to be around me when I'm just shit bombing you? So what he says is that each of the batches only has one single date left. Shit right. bomb number one. Oh, my God. My Sh- pants. My shit bomb number two. There's a rose ceremony tonight. Oh, my God. My second layer of pants. I'm oh wearing two God. pairs of pants right now. You ready for this? So your pants and your underpants have been shut off. Uh-huh. What are you going to do now? You're shitting on the floor because the rose ceremony has already begun. Joke's on you. I got a third pair of pants shoved oh, up my butt right think now. Think about the I shit pair of pants up your butt. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, look. That's right, Xavier. Felix... Jed every time I upload an Thomas. episode, it asks me if I want to put the explicit tag on it. <laughs> and every time I go, yes, I think we were a bit we naughty. We <laughs> had some things to say about this. Mm-hmm. Look, they only have three roses to give out to their women. Which, like, at this point in the whole series... Yeah. I did not realize that they only had four women left. Yeah, and it's bug nuts that now it's three. Like, three per boy. Three per boy. It yeah. feels so... Much more than that. Yeah, because they have done such a terrible job of distributing the attention and narrative focus. There are some people there that you have forgotten exist. There are some people there who have not been paid attention to in weeks. And there are some people there who are just a bygone conclusion that they are going to end up winning. Yes, yes. And so the bizarre part of this for me is that Thomas's first rose goes to Lauren. Right. Yes, exactly. Immediately off the bat, we're like, oh. Oh, okay. I, this before is this surprise. episode aired, I randomly tweeted the three names that I thought would... Because the, the previous episode had a tease of, like, three people will go home. Yes. And so I posted a tweet that was just the three people who I thought were the likeliest or the lowest on the, you know, on the on the tier list mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I, and so you said that it was Lauren, Bella, and Angela. That's right, yeah. Just three people who had not really popped hugely up until this point. Three people who I thought were waiting for their time to go, you know? Which is fascinating because... I don't know, you and I are watching this and we'll talk about it. Yeah. I felt pretty certain that at least two of our sames were the same. Yeah. They weren't. One out of three. Yeah, this went this went the BOH weird. pod. It went in a strange direction. Yeah. So Thomas in ITM says everything was going incredibly <laughs> positive with Lion. <laughs> and it feels like she deserves this rise. And okay. I don't understand it, but now we sort of enter this montage. Of people handing roses out to each other. Sure. Felix sends a rose to Jess. We learn that Jed is a little more hesitant with his choices, so he starts with an easy one. Yeah, he's struggling, and then he's like, well, I know I've got to give one to I know I have to give one to the girl who's going to win. So, Alicia, here's your rose. And they are falling for each other. It really seems like she's the front runner. Yeah. I've written in my notes here, Jed looks like he has joined ABBA. (laughs) Is it the outfit? Oh, he's got this. He's got like very wide, long sleeves. Yeah, that's. I what think it maybe is. that's it. It's kind yeah, of seventies. Very seventies sleeves. Let's do a quick Jed fashion check in. Yeah. How do you feel about his fashion now versus when we started talking about him? It's not gotten any better for me. No. Okay. What about for you? I think I think I'm getting it more. I I've think I'm used seeing... to it. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Machine Gun Kelly, which I think is informing a lot of sure. like how I feel about Jed and his looks and his vibe. Yeah. Because it has been made clear to me from a number of people that 
not only do they look the same, but Jed likes Machine Gun Kelly, thinks he's cool and likes his style and wants to look like that. Okay. But I don't know. I don't follow him. I don't really know what he's up to or whatever. So I don't know the, the out his classic looks or whatever. Sure. Um, so for me, it does feel like Jed is, you know, it, it, he has the vibe of an original dresser. Oh, and I don't think so at all. I just think he, that he's like a um, 70s glam. Like he could be in the New York Dolls. Mm. But I like that, and I don't see that very often. You know, that's fair enough. Um, I don't. I don't think he's the best dressed person I've ever seen, or anything. Sure, but I'm sure. like, I do actually appreciate that it is not the usual shit. Yes, yes. I'm. But also, that comes with a high. Uh, it, it comes with it a uh, the risk factor. hit or miss ratio. Yes. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like at least he is consistent in the way that he dresses, and I think that mm. that's cool. I think that he has a sense of who he wants to look like, mm. and then it's a matter of individual taste. Yeah. I don't particularly find the way that he dresses appealing, but also I'm here in a blue vintage Florida State Fair 2009 Max, you hat. look fucking great. You can't... You actually can't do a self-deprecating joke right now because you look fucking great. I'm feeling good about how I look, yeah. but... And I'm the one wearing head-to-toe Navi costumes. So. <laughs> look, maybe, uh, maybe though Jeb would look at me and be like, this guy, well, you know? I'm ha- I'm happy for Jed to think that, but he's wrong. Anyway, look, Thomas gives out a second rose to Leah. Uh, Big Gale then gets a rose from Feely, and Angela gets a rose from Jed, which leaves only a few women left. Mm-hmm. And the next person to get a rose is Courtney. Yeah, Courtney, Courtney the of woman the music studio who I know from the music studio and having wheel shoes. That's right. Which, by the way, an incredible outfit choice. Underrated. Really she should, good. She should have, like, heely high heels. Like, for high all the heelies? rose ceremonies. Yeah. Oh, really good. Someone, I, don't, I actually don't think there is a way for that to work. The reason they're called heelies is because the wheel is on the heel. Okay, but, like, think about that. Balancing, <laughs> balancing a stiletto heel with a teensy tiny little wheel on it. Only the most talented. I kind of love it, yeah. <laughs> Someone get to work on that. Anyway, Bella's going home. Yeah. Bye, babe. Yeah, this is a shame. She's great. Bella's I think Bella's so good value. Good. I do. Th- uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, we saw the signs of it. Um, yeah. This this tr- trying to get a kiss thing, pushing yes. it a little too hard thing. And the way that Jed says goodbye to her is really lovely as well. He's like, don't let oh, anyone yeah. change who you are. He goes above and beyond here. It's this really was, great. This was, I, look, I want to say it's great, but also it was crazy how far he went into it compared to the way that everybody else basically has been. Dare I say a little bit evangelistic. True. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and, and, and I love that. And I love it for Bella, who I also think is cool and will probably get something out of hearing that and whatever. Hope so. But also like, where is that for everybody else? Sure. Where is even a a fraction of it for everybody? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because he's truly, he goes above and beyond. He's like, he's like, um, never let anyone change who you are. Don't let anyone, uh, don't ever let anyone tell you that you should be silent. Don't ever listen to them. Please don't ever change for anyone. Like all this stuff, you know. It's pretty nice. It's great. It's like it's it's like a, an astonishing level of respect and understanding and and uh, compassion for somebody who is going through a difficult thing that you are sending through. I yes, wonder if there's yes. a level of guilt that he just like absolutely never I gave her so. the time of day. True. Yeah. And also, I think she under uh, he understands that she is a very beloved figure within the house, which is the impression. Probably I get. yes. I think that all of the women love her. I want to talk a little bit more about that because, like, it seems like to me. The women who are sent home mm. are largely consoled by people who are not in their cohort. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, well, they do all live in the same house. Yes, yes, but you see, like, uh, in a minute, um, Tilly being consoled by Angela and Alicia. Mm, mm. You see Jasmine being consoled by Abigail. It's just something that I'm noticing mm. of, like, the women who are on the chopping Well, they're block. not in direct competition with each other. Exactly, so they, being consoled by women who aren't. Experience is pure rather than tainted by A little bit more yeah. sisterhood or something. So let's, uh, Bella, just briefly on the Instagram front. Oh, yes. By the way, um, follow us back, Bella, and we'll hang out. Um, Babe. <laughs> Bella started the show with 7,355 followers and is now sitting at 7,826. That's a gain of 471. Worth it. <sighs> rough isn't it it's so difficult she's got good pics on instagram there's a very good pic of her puking oh is this the thing that you sent me as a text earlier i was like what is this yeah yeah great yeah Yeah. recommended anyway every every so often your friend sends you a uh text of a woman puking and you go okay gotta do it anyway uh good for bella thomas is now struggling to choose between jasmine who you might remember from OnlyFans slash tash fame sure and kiki who you might remember from uh uh, being naked in the first episode and having children fame? Yes. And I was pretty sure that we were going to revisit the Thomas doesn't like the fact that she has kids storyline yes. here and he was going to send her home. Yes. I felt pretty confident about that. It's interesting because Kiki says that she and Thomas have always had an unspoken thing that has kept her curious. Hmm. I just, this is just me saying quietly to you, listener, that I am starting to notice that curious... Hmm. Seems to be one of those whistle words for the spiritual community. Oh, that's true. Yeah, interesting. It yeah. feels just like something that I'm like, this might be something that you can pick up on in your own life when people start to describe themselves as curious about things that are... Sure, yeah. It, it projects an image of open-mindedness without also belying the fact that uh, we're opening our minds to, you know... Uh, Whatever, right? Certainly. It uh, is a step removed from just asking questions. Right. I would I would argue that being curious implies not accepting the uh, c- the common narrative Agreed. or whatever or yeah. you know yeah. thinking outside of let's say what uh, and I don't know anything about Kiki's Oh no, me neither. On, you know, I'm I'm talking broadly quite clearly here. Yes. But you know, if you were an anti-vaxxer, let's say, and you described yourself as curious, I would understand that perhaps you were talking about you're curious about What's happening outside of the uh, the scientific the community or the sphere? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, Thomas gives Kiki the rose. He says, "There's n- no real solid foundation between me and Jasmine yet, <laughs> and I understand that Jasmine isn't right. the one." Jasmine, yeah. Jasmine comes over and tries to plead her case and says, um, "No, that's Tilly." No, no. Jasmine does too. Oh, really? She she says that like um, I know that we didn't. Oh, you're right. We didn't start together. We didn't have the uh, blind date together. We missed a few weeks. But I really feel like there is something there. And this was the impression I got too. Like they had, yeah. they had what seemed to be a pretty romantic and good single date when they went uh, bushwalking and then sat by a waterfall. Um, which I'll never forget for the rest of, of my course. life. Of course, bushwalk sat by a waterfall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a surprise to see him uh, send her off. It was pretty fascinating in that way, wasn't it? Like, yes. so cynically he, speaking, I wonder if perhaps this was the oft repeated by some of the worst fucking people in the world thing that like a real man wouldn't wife up someone who's on OnlyFans or whatever. Like, this is the vibe. Like, sure, okay, this is the Andrew Tate way of looking. For right, things. exactly. Right. Uh, I, I sincerely hope that's not the case, but it does 
like there was never any reason given for the fact that they didn't have bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, like they really did seem to be actually connecting. Um, so you know, yeah, the uh, secret dies with the both of them, I suppose, with Thomas probably. Emma Cooper, who we like on Twitter at Emma Angel X, uh, tweeted. Jasmine, you are 24, he is 35, you do not want a rose? Yeah, well, that's And that's it. the other part where I was kind of like, okay, I get you. Honestly, we don't talk about this enough. It's a good thing when they get sent home. Yeah. You know, as, as much as uh, it is a huge waste of their time and energy, and particularly given the uh, complete lack of, you know, tertiary rewards uh, that we traditionally associate with the show and Instagram mm. followers and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to end up with any of these fucking guys. Fucking great. Yeah, good, good on for you. them. Good for, and particularly good for Jasmine. Yes. Live your life. Jasmine, um, and, and I do hope, as we mentioned earlier, that there is some silver lining of the OnlyFans debacle. Sure. I hope that if she chooses to continue to do it, which I'm not sure if that's necessarily the plan. Who can say? Um, I... Wish her a huge amount of success in doing that. Yep. Um, Jasmine started the show with 5,152 followers on Instagram and is now sitting at 5,856. So that's a gain of 704. Okay. Pretty measly, but we have seen a lot lower. It's true. It's true. So look, that's the end of Jasmine. Yeah. It's the end of her. I like Jasmine. Yeah, me too. Uh, Tilly now pulls Felix for a chat. So you can sense the desperation here because their date I mean it went well but Felix is asking for a different thing or whatever anyway a very different type of date than the other ones they've had too she says I can't lose you I like you I want to see where this goes I needed this little wake up to unpack a little bit more delve a little bit deeper yeah there's a there's a bit of an I can change to it maybe yeah yeah there is a bit of that and in response to it we get this whinny from Felix in confessional <laughs> you know what I mean like he goes full horse he's like right yeah and then we see him handing the rose to crystal yeah yep safe so as we were watching I think we were both certain that Tilly was not going home yeah I was I was truly sure what I was happened? like crystal's time has come. We've been talking about it for the last couple of episodes. Yes. That she has been uh, less and less prioritized as a genuine romantic option. Agree. Which I still don't feel like there is really anything there. Agree. Uh, but yeah, this thing with Tilly, he never got over it. He never got around it. It's bizarre. It so was truly unexpected. She is holding back tears in confessional. She says, it wasn't meant to be. And that is so, so fine. I wish him nothing but the best. Mm. And then Felix kind of like takes Tilly behind the shed before she has to leave in the limo. Yeah. And this is where it gets really weird. Mm. Like, I know you have thoughts. I also have thoughts. Felix says, in every ounce of who I was before this, you are the perfect girl. Right. I am denying my primal instinct. (sighs) Because I cannot say enough that you are an unbelievably beautiful woman. So I think, reading between the lines, I've been feeding a lot of things through the translator this week. Yes. I think the vibe is, as simple as this, he could not think of her as anything other than a sexual object. He could not broaden his perspective of her, even when they had discussed it, she talked about wanting to change. Yes. She was taking it very seriously. Mm-hmm. She uh, had reflected on this as he had as well. Yeah. And she was like, I, this is meaningful to me. Like, I want to push past this. I want this to be something that frames how we move forward. Uh-huh. 
And his response to that was, uh, listen, you're hot. So, and it's actually like, you're so hot. So you gotta go. So, and this is the thing. He's like, like all I think about when I see you, when your mouth is moving, is yeah. I think about like what I want to do with you. And yeah. Bits I want to so, touch and rub yeah. against and stuff. It's like truly so bad. It's just like the most yeah. basic shitty man shit. And the fact that we have this narrative about how, how, how much he has grown and matured and changed. It just and the show's it's, not showing us that. No, it's and the I most think it's basic shitty fuckboy like, perspective to be like, this is a woman who I literally can't imagine having a relationship with because... I just want to have sex with her. Right. I view her as a sexual object. He, he says like... Um, I want a relationship with somebody that's going to last. I don't want to hook up. Or yeah, he doesn't like want to fling. Yeah. He doesn't want to fling. That stuff is really gross to me. And it's it's been <sighs> underlined by the narrative throughout the whole season. Yeah. His whole narrative coming into the show was like, I've never, I've never really been in love before and I'm disgusted and sick with hookup culture and I'm looking for something more. Yeah. And the way that that has manifested itself within him is that he sees her as an extension of that as a hookup, hookup culture. Yeah. He sees her as fucking Tinder personified just because they have a sexual connection. Yeah. Or a physical, you know, sensational connection. Yeah. And so I don't want to discredit that we have seen them go on two dates mm -hmm. and that both times he has been like, I'm looking for more than that but he can't help himself, right? right? And that's on him. Yeah. It is straight up on him mm -hmm. because he is in the position of power as the bachelor. Exactly, yes. It's just shitty. Like, yeah. it's so shitty from him. Um, you could read it in a way that fits the growth narrative that the show is trying to give off. Oh, because, yeah. Like, the sh it is to the benefit of the show to have a growth narrative with this man who's like, hookup culture, and then now is like, I don't want to hook up with anyone anymore mm. and to send his hookup home at the final four. Right. Right? Right. But I but genuinely that's, that's so think that that is so like storyboarding. Yeah. And it really sucks because she didn't ask for that mm -hmm. version of herself to be the only version of herself that he could see. That he could access. Right. And uh, he comes out of it smelling like roses, so to speak. Exactly, exactly, like, because that's how the show presents it, because he's the fucking Bachelor. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he probably has a clear conscience about it, you know? Which I think so. Which fucking sucks to me. Yeah. Like, I feel like he should feel bad and probably be sh like should be made to feel bad about this. Yeah, that's one of those I don't know why, where my sense of vengeance is coming from. I guess I watched too but much But you are feeling a little bit of vengeance show, about this. Yeah. But I, I don't know that I'm feeling vengeance, but I'm feeling like, oh, we could think about this more. Yeah. You know, like, I don't to me it's just so indicative of uh, a way of thinking and and a thing that you see amongst the world it's not just this guy yeah hell yeah but i mean that's you could say that about anything and it's not necessarily all that helpful but that's just kind of we watched this episode an hour ago or what nine hours ago now we've been recording for nine ago. hours yeah. yeah yeah uh and i'm still sitting in it you know yeah i might yeah. soften a bit more I, I want to allow for the chance that Felix is not completely ruined to me and there might be something nice happening with him over the next few episodes. <sighs> yeah, like, I think that within his prism, this feels like growth. Yeah. And I think that that is allowed to feel like growth. 
Yeah, maybe it is but, that thing of like it's growth from a point that feels uh, early to me in yes. in growth. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yep. he is he's evolved his Pokemon from uh, uh, a Caterpie to Katuna. To... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both went to Bug types. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Because he's a fucking little grub, isn't he? He is a uh, big one though. Actually, he's a big grub now. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I just I hope that there's there's more, and I'm just like, can we have a bachelor who is actually already at that point you know that's something that's frustrating me about all three of these men is i'm like i actually feel like the the ideal time for any or all of them to be the bachelor is some point in the future from where we are right now is never yeah well maybe never yes that's true but like you know give give felix a few more years in the tank in the in the hibernation tank or whatever or yeah. you know, let him let him work his shit out, and then let him go on the TV show. You know, we don't have that time. Well, this no, is no, our last season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we need to let this man be the Bachelor now because he's hot, and he said yes. Yes, exactly. Well, I don't think he's hot, but yes, fair enough. It's funny when you watch people who people describe as desirable on the TV, who you don't think are desirable at all. Oh yeah, he's got a strange. I mean, look, let's, let, this is not what this podcast is. Nope. Tilly started the show with 4,168 followers on Instagram and is now sitting at 5,434. That's a gain of 1,266. And that's one of the better ones we've seen. Not so good. I will say, I don't think anybody was expecting her to go home tonight. No. And I scraped those figures like basically 10 minutes after the episode finished airing. True, okay. So I feel like even now, a couple of hours later, they, they will have changed. And by the time this episode comes out, et cetera, et cetera. By the time Let people... look now. By the Let's time say people a couple watch of this hours on, on catch-up and, you know, more people Truly. watching on Template than, than live. Her um, name is Tilly Scott. That's right, yeah. Okay, and so now she's sitting at 5,544. Okay, so that's an extra 110 since the last oh, time. Yeah. Right. Well, look, 111 now. Okay. Oh, you're following her. That's nice. I'm interested in what Skocky's got going on. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically the end of the episode. Was there anything else? No, there's, there's a next time on, which I can't really remember. Else? No. Yeah. The, I, I talked about everything. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what's on the next time on, but truly we will be back talking to you again very soon. In, honestly, a couple of days. Yeah. Either... Wednesday night, we'll have to record this, or at some point in the future, we'll talk about you it. Can baby. Say. Yeah, uh, interesting time Fuck. for the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. If you would like to follow along, make sure you're subscribed. If you're not already subscribed to this very feed, make sure you do that, and then you'll see the episode pop up every time. Um, you can also hear about what we're doing on social media at BOH Pod. You can find us live tweeting just about every episode there. We post to Instagram when we can think of something to post to Instagram. Uh, of course, we mentioned the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. That's another great way to keep in touch with our whole beautiful community. If you are loving the show and have some spare time or some spare shekels. That extra muck. Uh, extra muck. Extra that muck. That extra much. It's getting late. Christ. <laughs> it is after midnight. I think this one went better than the other one. Me too. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Um, and as an added bonus for just $5 a month, you will get two extra bonus Bachelor of Hearts extra credit episodes, except for this month when we didn't do them because we, we were doing too much payments other because stuff. there are too many things to cover. But uh, do that. We've got a whole backlog of stuff on there. It's Hell a lot yeah. of fun. We've got like a whole season. There's some random episodes. It's going to be fun. We're going to do some more stuff on there next month. We'll talk to you about what the plan is for post-Batchy. When we figure it out. Yeah, when it's not midnight. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please share it with a friend if you would like to. 
Um, but thanks for being here. Thanks for sticking it out. Yeah, fuck yeah. We love you. Listener. We love you. Goodbye! Is. From the first moment you entered my life